WBNE. Howdy, Yokes. Before we get started today, we just want to let you know that this episode of Bacon and Eggs is brought to you by our $10 patrons who get access to the show before the show. They get access to the unedited audio of Bacon and Eggs. And just as a way to say thank you to them, this episode is brought to you by them. Um, So they've heard all the silly things that went into like this moment, and they'll hear all the silly things after this moment. And the $10 tier, from what we hear, is like really pretty decent bang for your buck. You get episodes early if you import them into a program that has like uh sound shortenings like overcast then they sound pretty much the same but you get to hear some of the fortnights and some of the uh i don't know whatever else we say on this show that ethan cuts out i I don't listen to it so i have no idea so thank you so much for our ten dollar patrons and thank you so much for listening thank you even more for donating and uh if you've ever thought about joining our patreon head to patreon.com slash bacon and eggs Howdy, Oaks, and welcome back to Burger Eggs. I'm Tyler Carlin. And I'm Ethan Edgehill. And today we're learning to cook. Or maybe we're just gaslighting a restaurateur. So fall in love with your terrifying coworker. And become the best chef in all of France. Because today we're bringing you Ratatouille. We're joined today by the one and only, the Pixar expert, the foremost world-renowned person that talks about Pixar movies on this podcast, Seamus Gorman. Hello. Back again well, for thank, the first thank, time since thank, March. First first time since I did it in person with you. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good time. Oh my God. Yeah, we talked about Onward. That was the last time I went to a you movie You remember the theater. before times? Yeah, that was a... Uh, but in fairness, looking back on it now, that was like the start of time. Because that was yeah. like, it was March. Like, it wasn't right. as if it didn't... It, 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 the, the thing that I'm not mentioning by name didn't exist. Um, so, like, it's just, yeah. I so just let moved me ask, into this apartment. We got couches that day. Let me let me ask you a question, Seamus. Uh, we saw Onward together. I sat next to you. That was the last movie I ever went to. If it's the last movie I ever see in theaters, I'll call it a great experience. Honestly, I'm pretty happy with that turnout. Oh, Seamus, uh, the theater that we went to to see Onward is out of business now. I heard about this. I was quite yeah. upset. I mean, I didn't have as much of a connection, but like, I was still like, oh, that was sad. I went to that theater twice, three times, twice, no, twice. What's so sad about that theater is that it was definitely the one that I liked more, the, but the one that I had less of a sentimental connection with. So oh, okay. its close was like, man, I really liked that theater, but it's also not like the AMC closed where like my love for film started. So right, yeah, how yeah. big of a deal could it be? It's really just be? an Although, inconvenience. It, fun, fun, <laughs> funnily enough, the cinema that, uh, that my local cinema that I've grown up with also recently closed. I can't believe I forgot this just a second ago, but now I've remembered. I, it's because I haven't <laughs> been, but um, right. But like, I have been to the cinema since I've been to America. I went to see Tenet, but I went to a different cinema because the one near me was closed, and that was sad. That makes me really sad that you saw a movie after you and I sat together and watched Onward. Yeah, I just felt I mean, like that was a, this was, a golden experience. This was in August or September, so... <laughs> it was like let let me ask you this later. question, Seamus. I guess you guys had a better response than America did. Anyway, let me ask you this question in regards to Ratatouille versus onward uh which one falls higher in your pixar ranking so this is a this is a good question i would say ratatouille well can i can i hold you on this question real quick because i do have a question for tyler tyler how many days ago was ratatouille released and who directed it and how much money directed by brad bird uh legendary director who once met seamus gorman i have met him Uh, that's fun it came out june 29th 2007 4890 days ago on 150 150 million dollars that's pretty standard for 2007 that's seems like a lot 
Uh, made $620.7 million worldwide. Uh, got a 96% critic rating, which I'm not surprised by. 87% audience rating on Rotten Tomatoes and a 96 on Metacritic. But this film, like, specific, like, the the last monologue of the movie is, like, speaking the to critics. The last monologue of the movie is, like, if you rate this movie badly, you're a bad person. You are you suck. If you it, criticize it, yeah. this movie, you're a bad person. It's very <laughs> meta. Like, yeah. it, especially watching it. It's, like, it's very clever and that was, like, yeah, I don't know. That that was something. Anyway, so you were saying, uh, so wait, hang on. We have we have positive and negative reviews as well. Okay, yeah, okay. of course. Let's, let's talk to the pros. Don't forget my question, Seamus. I want to know about your ranking. Wally, which came out a year after uh, Ratatouille, had an 180 million budget. So worth even Which more. is wild really? because it has 50% of the talking, maybe less. But also the animation for Wally, that's what was the expensive part. I, I mean, sure. <laughs> Not the, the talking. But, well, yeah, but I mean, right. usually you have to pay people money to do and things. And Up was like, 175 million. So Ratatouille is actually cheap. Wild. Except it's because animation movies are so expensive. I, I truly did. Like, I mean, we were doing the show for like for this year four. I I did not notice the trend in the price of these animated films. Mm. Uh, so anyway, I've got a negative review here from, uh, from Roger Moore, not the Bond actor, but some dude that writes about movies. <laughs> uh, and he says, has Pixar lost its magic recipe? Ratatouille is filled with fairly generic animated imagery, a few modest chases, a couple of good gags not a lot of laughs i could not disagree more with I, Roger I, Moore. that's a really that. really bad take i fairly agree <laughs> with that honestly i'm so surprised ethan i, I genuinely thought on rewatch you were going to find this to be the best pixar movie no that not even it is. close not even uh, in the same category as most of them uh really? derek malcolm from the london evening standard says a comedy that relates realistically to life fashion not with dozens it- of hilarious jokes but with due regard for proper storytelling I agree with now, that. Now, let me tell you a thing or two about movies, Chong. <laughs> and also, we got listener reviews real quick. We got a 91 out of 100 from Alpha Wolf. Ratatouille provides more than just a tight story with an immersive, inspiring environment that's able to breathe more than other Pixar movies. Inspired me to get into cooking and continues to do so. And also, 73 out of 100 from Valerie, who says, It's a weird dichotomy of the most delicious-looking food in a magical city, but covered in one of the creatures I want as far away from my food as possible. I enjoy the reach for your dr- impossible dreams plot, and yet it grosses me out. Uh, Seamus, Seamus, I want you to monologue a little bit. We saw Onward together. Now we're watching Ratatouille together. In your echelon of Pixar films, where does Ratatouille land? Where does Onward land? Uh, and you can kind of just give me clouds of, of where they are, because I do think Pixar, it's all so good that it's yeah, hard to like, is, other than is, Cars. To and also while you're low. at it, give us a score of zero out of 100. Yeah. Out of 100? Zero out of yeah. 100, yeah. Okay. I, like a whole um, number, like 96... Like okay. Rotten Tomatoes well, is, um, or like the, the, like a seventy-one, like it deserves. Ratatouille versus Onward to me is a very interesting question because I think they'd be right next to each other on a Pixar mm-hmm. ranking. Like I actually think they'd be, um, I know ninth and tenth sort of rank in there out of the twenty-two films, which is like feels low, but it's also like there are so many other good films. That, right. And right. it, they totally are still that. exceptional. And they're both probably, I don't know, let's say Ratatouille is an 88 for me. Um, and on, 88? Yeah, and Onward would be like an 86, 87. I don't know. So I'm, I'm in a similar camp where uh, Ratatouille very much speaks to, like Ratatouille and Onward really hit hard for me. Uh, not like because I'm like I love food in France. Uh, you do love food in France. Though. I've never <laughs> been to France. I do love cooking though. Um, I think Ratatouille on the Pixar spectrum speaks more to my like critical self than almost any of the others. I think the closest like and I don't say this above or below, but the closest to it is probably like Wall-E, and then Onward is easily my favorite by X Factor. Like just 
this spoke to me and I relate to this and I love this mm. uh, onward like is is easily my favorite um so like they both hold a very strong bar in my in my overall Pixar for sure. ranking for sure uh my out of 100 I'm gonna go for a 92 okay yeah oh this Mr. feels less Edgefield. like a Pixar movie to me than almost any other Pixar movie that's ever come out that's why I thought you were gonna like it no uh that's a bad thing that's not Pixar movies are great I, I love Pixar movies what I didn't think you thought that no I love Pixar movies I still I don't have think they flashbacks deserve, to our conversation I don't think they deserve 100% on Rotten Tomatoes uh I don't think they deserve 95% on Rotten Tomatoes for most of them I think they're perfectly good 85%ers for the most part Toy Story movies are fantastic I love I love Inside Out I love uh, the, like the fact that y'all are comparing this and Onward Onward is so much better than this miles better I, I mean miles. We, like I love me, Onward yeah, but I, I think I, we're talking I can't, about like, yeah I think we're comparing things. I think we're comparing apples and oranges because I think especially now watching we are comparing TV, apples and oranges because yeah. one is a Pixar movie and this is not <laughs> I think with with um with Ratatouille I think when I was a kid this would have been one of the first I went to see in cinemas I don't know like I think I saw Monsters Inc, uh, Finding Nemo, Incredibles, sort of in cinemas. But like first one I could properly remember seeing in cinemas almost because I'd have only been like nine when this came out, so I was like the perfect target demographic for it. But in hindsight, I don't think watching that as a nine-year-old it would have resonated with me nearly as much as it would resonate with me now. Like watching this as an adult, this film, I think I think it's more for adults than kids. In oh, I, I could not more, agree more. more so this than I, most I'll give you that Pixar for sure. Film. And um, it, I I just think some of the the themes it's just very intelligent um some of the some of the ideas explored in it and i don't know it stood out to me I, especially watching it today i really really liked it i will say that i was not at any point like drawn in emotionally okay truly truly was not like like not the way i'm usually with pixar movies like it never i never considered crying yeah that's an interesting take because like i don't think that i was either but that is not why i like this movie so much no, me, like I, to I, me, I, I, don't, uh, I don't think there's a moment in this movie where you're supposed to cry though. like I don't think that I don't I guess maybe that's why it's not like a Pixar film. There isn't like this standout moment where it's like that made me cry, but so it's I'll get more into the into that in a little bit. Uh, and that's not the only reason I think that it doesn't feel like a Pixar movie to me. There's some some other sort of mechanical details in there that I not that I mean obviously it is Pixar, so like they did what they wanted to they made the movie they wanted to make. Like I'm not gonna say it's I, not it's so, a Pixar right, movie. It's so funny that you say that like Onward is a Pixar movie and this isn't because this is Brad Bird and Onward is Dave Filoni who is like hardly a Pixar director. Dan, I would say this is my least favorite Brad Bird Pixar movie. D D Dan Scanlon is the director. Dan Scanlon, I'm sorry, you're right. Dave I, that Filoni's the uh, Star Wars, Clone Wars yeah. guy, I think. Yes, that's, I got is, the D. This is my a. least favorite Brad Bird movie. Um, so you're comparing I would give it to this then a The Incredibles out of and Incredibles 2 and uh, The Iron Giant, I take it, is the other big Brad Bird movie. Have you seen that? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was mostly counting just the three Pixar movies, but yeah, I yeah. like this less than The Iron Giant. What about The Simpsons? He's big on The Simpsons. Not a fan. Not you a said, fan. Ethan, I'm sorry, you said 71? 71 out of 100, yeah. Uh, this is a perfectly passable movie. If this was like Illuminations, I would be clapping and saying, "Yeah, good this job, was guys. Illumination. Awesome. This would be their best movie by quite some way." Uh, this is not as good as The Grinch. The, I, I was actually seen, about I've, to bring I've up haven't The Grinch. Seen the Grinch so. It's so good. Um, I'll watch it this, it, the this, Grinch, this Christmas. The Grinch has grown on me. Olivia loves the colors to The Grinch, so we watch mm. it a lot. Every watch, I like it better and better. And there's that movie is designed to like inside out make you cry like oh wow okay i wasn't no, expecting it's, it's, that it's heavy yeah, it's, it's a lot okay i'll oh, watch yeah. it I'll, I'll put it on my list it's really Christmas. good it's short it's easy to watch it's fun uh, i was just planning on watching klaus every day this year but i mean know. that yeah that too this <laughs> is this I, I is highly near as good as klaus. That. klaus is so good yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah this is a perfectly fine movie uh i will say that like i did like the the wrap up to it quite a lot the when when ego comes around and everything uh, oh just, i i that is something i disagree on really 
Yeah. Oh, I liked that part a lot. Uh, when he he like learned when he, when you see it on his he, he tastes the dish and you see it on his face and all of a sudden like yeah. he turns a different color. It's very clever. Life back the, in him. The coloring is so clever because like he's yeah. he wears black every scene before that and then at the end he's wearing colors and it's like you can you can see how much they put into that visually rather than saying it they showed it and how they dressed him and stuff. Yeah, I good. really like that scene. I think the monologue his monologue is great. The the review is great. Oh yeah, that is excellent. Um, the monologue is fantastic. Just a, I agree just with a really that. nice bow on top of like just kind of some some movie like i didn't i didn't dislike it by any means i wasn't i, I was almost bored watching it but not in like a bad way not in like a wow i want to turn this off but just like a like a it didn't hold my attention the way i wanted it the way i want a pixar movie to yeah but so how, I, how many I movies see where you're coming you, from with that, how, that again, many, how many movies can you describe like animated movies that end with a monologue about like something as like i don't know dire as criticism and still be a properly entertaining movie i just like thinking about it like that's just wild to me <laughs> i mean sure yeah that, that was it's definitely a wild topic for them to tackle like a rat cooking yeah it, it, i that was actually something i was thinking when i was watching it this is very much in pixar's weird era if, if i can yeah. point at that like this this came out then they did a story about two robots falling in love then they made a movie about an old man attaching balloons to his house and flying to south america like they were just willing to try anything at this stage and then sure, they started yeah. playing it safe after that a bit more and um, i found no I, I think you're exactly right i i so i love the monologue at the end from anton but you can't forget that there is like a 19 years later harry named his sons and had jenny give no input after that where they're like oh yeah the health inspector shut down gusto's obviously and then we open another restaurant with a rat literally on the sign that anton ego who had just given gusto's all the necessary popularity it needed opened and everybody's cool with a rat cooking there. Like, it's not even hidden. I That was frustrating to me, was that they were like, Anton Ego has this amazing monologue to close out the film, and then you go back to Remy being like, and then we opened up another restaurant, and everything was so great. Um, I, I do want to inform you that Anton Ego is wearing a hat in the last scene, which means that he is no longer Anton Ego and is in disguise. Oh, mm. People don't know he opened it. That's what a hat oh, means I in see, animation. Mm. Good analysis. Well, either way, that that was. Cool. I, I mean, love, they, they couldn't. I, I, like, I, they had to close the restaurant, right? They had to close the restaurant because you couldn't. You can't at any point be like you can get away with this, right? Like, it has to be a secret. I think they could have just cut that whole storyline with the health inspector coming I, in. I agree. And it wouldn't have made I, any difference, in my opinion. So this doesn't, this doesn't feel magical to me, right? Like, Remy can't talk to Linguini, which I find weird. Okay, Remy can't talk to Linguini, but not only can he control all of his actions like a masterful puppeteer, and, and I want to get my critiques out at first because there are a lot of really powerful and profound moments here uh but he can read and write like they don't show him writing but he can read which would in turn mean that like if he was given a pen he could probably write down at least yes and no yeah you'd assume yeah you know if he can and if so, he can hold a pen i mean he cooks he yeah, cooks a lot he, he can do stuff he, he can yeah. he can He's like clearly dexterous. maneuver uh a a omelet onto a plate i think he can hold can a pen right, yeah if you, can, if you can flip an omelet you can write <laughs> yeah, bold <laughs> call here. <laughs> if you can flip it on, you can write. Um, such as that, it, like it feels less Pixar-y to me for that reason. It's like I prefer the Pixar movies where everybody exists, kind of movies like like Finding Nemo or Monsters Inc or Cars. Everybody kind of exists on the same plane of like sentience, right? Okay, but Boo can't talk. But she can. Right. I mean, she I, will eventually your, your be able to. Examples are odd though, because in Finding Nemo, the fish can't talk to the human. They can communicate with other animals, but right. But the, the humans aren't yeah. on the, the humans aren't on the same like level, right? Like the that's movies. That's not a duck. That's a pelican. Movies... Jesus Christ. 
that was loud. Oh, the movie's not about the dentist, right? Like the dentist doesn't super. I mean, he could make he could make, he could make uh, like Charlie Brown trombone noises. His yeah, story okay, doesn't really okay. matter, right? Dar Darla though, right? I mean, Her. same deal. It's like we Dar Darla could be a silent film character. Like you, you know what she's thinking. I can I can see your point. Yeah, maybe Finding Nemo is a bad example, but like what I mean is like it's not like he can't talk to the sharks, right? Like yeah, yeah. I, I, I know what you're saying there, that the, the animals can communicate, and it wouldn't have worked had they not been able to talk to the sharks and the pelican and... Right, and so I just generally prefer those movies, like, like yes, Boo can't talk because she's a baby, but, like... She's so cute. Ostensibly, oh. humans can't talk. We hear them talk, you know, All right, Mama, not a gator! I would, I would <laughs> definitely say this was my favorite animal-based animal, animal -based Pixar film, so better than Finding Nemo and A Bug's Life. Um, oh, yeah, no, not so for that, me. That would not be, for me. That would be my takeaway from it. But I haven't watched uh, A Bug's Life in This occupies that while, weird but... same space for me as Brave. Oh, wow. Where, like, it no. feels like they're no. borrowing from another playbook more than but I want them to. where from, though? Who, who else would have made this movie? This is way so, too ex like, experimental for someone like DreamWorks to try that out. Like, if DreamWorks it's too experimental. Off of a movie... <laughs> There's, I've got a couple of points I want to make here. So not only is it too experimental, it is 100% not for children. Like, yeah. I was watching it last night and I was like, if Olivia could like read and talk and, and like understand what these characters are saying, I don't think I would want her to watch this. Because not only is there a scene at the beginning where a shotgun is fired six times, reloaded, and then fired more. Like that <laughs> alone to me yeah. was like, oh, I don't like this. This is bad. I don't like the gun. Yeah. And then later on in that same scene is like Remy is going from like apartment to apartment and there's like domestic violence and a gunshot. There are mad scenes like that. That That is definitely mature theme. Well, and, 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 uh, and there's like, I mean, like what's called, Linguini gets proper drunk in one of the scenes. In yeah. The yeah. <laughs> Linguini also gets out of being pepper sprayed by kissing the girl. Yeah, that's a bit mad. <laughs> right? Like that. Right. Like, that's not good. I was watching good. that and I was like, hey, <laughs> I know it's been 13 years, but you can't say that. You like, guys should have seen Ethan's actual face there. It was like a like a gif of someone biting their hand. I don't know how to describe it. Uh, it like, that was, that was disturbing for me a little bit. It's definitely it is definitely wild compared to everything else in the canon. Like, yeah, okay, there's some disturbing things when you think about the fact that cars are alive, but like this is different. This is actual. It's yeah, it's definitely. Yeah, I mean, like you see, like yeah, but I on the flip side, I, one more negative critique. I feel like there are three directors here, right? There is director one who takes us from a Remy and Emil through the end of that sort of like domestic violence scene up until he meets Linguini, right? And then somebody else takes over and does the second act all the way up really until like the monologue. And then all of a sudden Remy is recounting the story as a narrator to other people at his dinner table. I found that a bit odd because his narration did come in and out throughout the film. Every now and again, he would start narrating, but it was very And it was odd. from like a different yeah. perspective. When he yeah narrating and he was like he, he was is he doing it in the like present perfect tense or whatever it is when he's like ego smiles and he you know thanks us for the meal and all that and what has a that lot of questions mm. what? that was amazing i loved that okay oh did you not go ahead uh, no i mean i was just making the point that like that's where i started to notice the narration for the first time mm -hmm. that was like a, a, a jarring switch from what i don't know what it was previously i can't like it was point there to start, where the narration was ahead of that but like, like that was when i noticed the narration it was there at the start of points because i like i don't know if you'd consider it narration when he's talking to the figment of gusto throughout the film because technically it is because he's not actually speaking out out loud, but it's more his right. inner thought. But then isn't yeah, that what no. the narration is the entire time? I don't know. Um, but like, that was just when I started yeah. to actually notice it, when it sort of like, not took me out of it, but like when I became aware of it. Yeah, there's that whole, um, like, you know, when he jumps out 
with the book at the start and it's like this is me you're probably yeah. wondering how i got into right. this situation um and it does have one of those moments and that so there is narration right from the start but yeah. i do agree it kind of turning into him recounting this story at the end was a bit or again i i said it earlier i think they could have cut out that whole inspector and like food health inspector thing entirely and just ended it with like gusto's restaurant getting five stars like wouldn't have made any difference you could have well, even had ego <laughs> buy into gusto's yeah be like i want to help make this yeah well like, and, and there's also that great moment where like uh the original chef calls the health inspector and the health inspector's like yeah no i can't get out there for three weeks like cool we're done with that story yeah. we can like they they wrote themselves out of that problem and then immediately they could, they could even like, do an end credit scene like later if they want to do the f like, i think you said three months like if three right. months later and it's just like the the health inspector coming along and everything's running smoothly and no one right. even knows that remy's there so they they had to show that everybody who works in the kitchen at gusto's commits crimes even the rats so the rats mm. have to kidnap somebody right because like colette kills every other female chef in france or whatever some extremely <laughs> i don't think she's that was like it. the only female chef it in was france. More she's like you see why there are no other women here it's because i murdered them i don't think that she was said a that. she was like she was trying to say it as like it's a hard industry for women to get into and that's yeah. why like her being there was this I don't like know, it seemed weirdly threatening <laughs> yeah but that's kind of like her character isn't it she's... seems like seems like there are no other women there because she says so <laughs> and then like the, the other guy is like i robbed the biggest bank in france with nothing but the bob with the pain like and everybody his, that works at his has his to commit fun. crimes <laughs> everybody who's ever worked in a kitchen commits crimes like i i don't know how to say right, this so the rats i've worked become, in restaurants the rats i know how this works <laughs> and they have to immediately kidnap somebody to fit in uh one thing i will say this film watching it it was like Okay, this is obviously all a metaphor uh, for like Linguini being in the closet, right? Like that's what this whole thing is, is that he's this like closeted person and like he can't be true to himself and he can't like take himself to the heights that he wants to be in. And then they add this like romance story that ends up being like a genuine romance story. And I felt like it was a total cop out. Like it wasn't the, you know, it was that he was hiding something about himself, not that he was being taught to cook by a rat. I don't know. That was the vibe that I got. I That's what I was that. thinking about I the entire time. I still don't personally believe, and this is just like headcanon, but I don't believe Gusto is really his father. And I just think that was just Ooh. thrown in there as like a, like a rite of passage. Cause like the whole film, they're like, Gusto didn't have any children. And like, what if it was just the ramblings of a woman claiming that he was Gusto's right. child and that's and that's how he because like I don't know there just was never enough put there for it to just feel like it was and every time he referred to Gusto he always said Gusto I mean dad so i don't know it was just it, that was something i kept picking up on i was like hmm. so why is why is skinner there at all well he's the main antagonist isn't he i mean i guess it, he he's fine he's he's there to try and like foil this whole like he's being trained he's being the rat's actually doing all the stuff and he, that, that that's kind of his role in the film isn't it he's supposed to be it's supposed to be suspicious yeah but the, so that was actually where like a lot of what i thought came in was that like uh what was it? skinner was supposed to be like the sort of man versus man like man versus family conflict almost where like Linguini has to deal with this like deeply interpersonal conflict where this person doesn't approve of who he is and how he's achieving what he's achieving and then uh Anton was more like the man versus society where they first show Anton and they give you this like overhead view of his space and it looks like a coffin but it also looks like a church without any chairs where there's like a cross and so it was this like how will society accept Linguini and how will uh Skinner except Linguini and it was this like constant battle where like even if he got society to approve Skinner wouldn't and then 
So again, my interpretation here, but that's that's what I was seeing in, in Linguini's coming of age character. I did feel like Ego was weirdly absent for most of the movie. Yeah, I think that's I think that's kind of the charm of it, though. It's kind of like you, you, you introduce him at the start. If you didn't know Ego was uh, going to be in the film for good, you see him introduced and he's the guy that ruins Gusto from the start. And they don't actually introduce him until the final act. And so it's more of a, a callback when they bring him in for realsy. Um, right. To, I don't know. To I personally, and maybe it's too formulaic, but I personally would have seen him like try to ruin Linguini. So, so you would have rather just him being in place of Skinner the entire time. Almost. Yeah. I know that's that like kind of brings it, dials it back a notch. It, it would it just, just it, you'd have to start the story from scratch then. Though, because, yeah. Uh, <laughs> if that were the case, then Remy would have to improve as a chef as opposed to being like Superman the chef. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I feel like that would have been, I would have liked the story better. I also would probably would have liked if Linguini actually learned something at any point. You don't think he learned anything? No, I don't because he can't do anything. Even when he, like when he's, he's lost his whole team. First of all, his whole team walks out on him after he's honest, which is kind of whack. Yeah, but that was a bit. But then would you that, cause, believe Because you're pushing the whole, <laughs> you're pushing the whole like, well, you know, family is family and also friends are family, but these people are. Yeah, I, I did not think that the rats needed to cook the meal. Yeah. That seemed to me like. I would, I would have rather it just been Remy leading the whole team of, of, of chefs at the end and just Remy in charge. Like, or better yet, that Colette has learned enough from Linguini via Remy that she is leading the charge and there's this like great parallel arc to uh you know remy reuniting with his family and understanding what it means to have his family to like colette being the head chef in this great french restaurant and serving this ratatouille that she never would have come up with on her own yeah uh, but i don't know uh, but also it does add to it that like you're getting this family story and i think that's what brad bird was trying to tell because that's what he always mm -hmm. says about the incredibles was that it's like this family story and i think that's what he was trying to tell like the, the family coming together at the end and having their back and doing what seemed impossible a, a group of rats a family of rats preparing this Five star meal is just uh is kind of the payoff the film was. Yeah, was I, don't, I don't have towards. a problem with that. Oh, yeah. I do just I, like the the fact that his team walks out on me is just weird. Or I'll, walks out odd. on him completely is weird. Uh, what here's what I would have liked if because like Lingu Linguini would know how to make the soup. Right. He would know without Remy. He would know how to make the soup. Right. Oh, you think he would? I think, I, he, I, I, well, no, I, I think that we're shown that he wouldn't, but I think that, right. yeah, if he makes it enough with Remy's help, he would have learned that He'd just sort of up. by yeah. default. Is it, is and I would have liked to see him, like, he serves Ego his soup, right? And it's but, not quite there. But I think the story is that, is that cooking is more than that, that it's like an art to it. It's like, um, if someone was controlling your arms and painting these masterpieces every, uh, every day, would you suddenly be able to paint this masterpiece without them controlling your arms? That's no, but question. you'd be able to paint. But would you? I don't know. If you I may not be able to paint a masterpiece, but you'd be able to paint. If someone was if somebody controlling was controlling me. your arms and playing guitar, I don't think you'd know how to play yeah. guitar. I think you would. I don't think, I you, think would. you would. I think you would learn. I think you'd, you do it enough. You would I learn. I think you would be better than when you started. But would you be at the skill level that? Um, no, I'm not suggesting that he should be at the skill level that Remy is. I'm suggesting that he should know how to make soup. But I, but I'm saying that maybe the skill level to make soup is higher than you're accrediting it for. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe <laughs> soup is the wrong thing. But like, he should know how to do something because there's there's, say, so. there's no proving <laughs> moment, right? There's no moment where he tries, he does, and he that does, was weird uh, to me. He does when he serves at the end. He's like the waiter at the end. Oh, that is another change of director moment where all of a sudden uh linguini has roller skates and is a professional server that, like that, excuse me <laughs> that did come out of nowhere the roller skates <laughs> <laughs> like, 
I, I don't understand this. I understand if we're going for like a roller derby kind of thing, <laughs> like <laughs> real laying it thick on the coming out symbolism. But uh, you really wanted uh, Linguini to be the first uh, pick Disney gay character, didn't you? 100%. Yeah, he's he's totally like queerbaited by this never, movie. <laughs> never would have happened in 2007. No. Still hasn't no. even happened today. <laughs> really? I well, thought, no, we I, had one in Onward. Yeah, well, I mean, half. I'm talking about like proper right. main she character. She has a line. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking right, about if, the, if, the, if Remy was, I mean, if Linguini was like, okay, so there's a little chef under my hat and he cooks everything for me, and also I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been wild. Well, he kind of does do that, right? He's like, there's a little chef under my hat cooking everything. Also, I have roller skates with me at all times. <laughs> yeah, also, like, the idea of someone having roller skates in a, like, a French restaurant is, like, <laughs> bonkers to me. Like, I, I mean, just, Linguini would be a great <laughs> lesbian, for sure. <laughs> have you... Not, okay. <laughs> not all roller skaters are lesbians. Let me put that out there. Uh, but, uh, Seamus, you're from Europe. Have you been to, like, a five-star French restaurant? I mean, I've been to restaurants in France. I don't know if they were five stars or anything. I think you would know. Like, but like, I might not. I haven't been to France for quite a few years, but um, I, I've been to nice French restaurants. Yeah. Where like you're poor. eating in like a ballroom. When you get like a proper, like just, you, they give you like a huge plate and you get like, a portion the size of your thumb, yes. that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been to one of them before. I've had snails. What's it like? Snails are Walk delightful. Me through it. I believe it. Um, I believe it would be salty, very garlicky. Uh, um, garlicky. Yeah. Well, like tr the French well, love their snails? cheese. No, the French love their cheese. This is like a big takeaway. If if I don't know, I don't want to stereotype all French people, but the, <laughs> the, the stereotype is French people love their cheese. And when I've been to France, like imagine like what desserts are to Americans, like the best part of the meal, right? <laughs> sure. Thanks. This is also a stereotype. <laughs> no, the best part of the meal is the cheese. Is the appetizers <laughs> for French, for with French, the cheese. <laughs> for French, the, 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 like the dessert of the meal is the cheese. They, yeah, like, no, they, I would agree with that in America. Oh, really? I would you, rather have cheese than dessert at a restaurant, for sure. Yeah, like, if I had to choose between nachos and chocolate cake, I'm going for nachos. Well, yeah, I don't way. think the French are serving nachos. I, I, yeah, they, I, they bring out like a platter of cheese. Um, but no, they, they do love their cheese. Um, I, I'm surprised cheese didn't come into the film more, actually. Now I'm thinking about it. Now that it's a film about cooking yeah. in France with rats. Yeah, yeah. you would think cheese would You'd be like the the, the, the... the thing, but... Right, the joke. <laughs> but no, actually, I don't think... Is there one cheese-related joke in the film? No, but they steal cheese. Yeah. They, they, there are a few, like, moments. Like, there's cheese in the trap, and um, his first attempt to cook was with a bit of cheese, and he, like, named some rare French cheese or something. Yeah. But I hate the beginning. I do not like the part in the grandma's house. Yeah, it me either. Me super uncomfortable i i don't mind it. It, it, it 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 takes it maybe takes a bit long but i do love the bit where he's like tasting the foods and like the background behind him goes and you're seeing like these explosions of colors yes i, think, I do I love think, that oh, see I, I thought that was really bad animating really no, I yeah think that's, i think that's really this whole expressive. movie doesn't look very good in 2020 um i'll be real with you more a, so a than most pixar the, movies a lot of the this... human characters have very big heads that always stands out yeah. to me. They also um, feel like they are like acting, they, they are moving things against backgrounds that could not possibly move. But I also think it helps that, and also got to keep in mind, this is only the second Pixar movie revolving around human characters in their 12 year history up until this point. The only other one being The Incredible. Um, so like, well, I, I mean, I feel like human characters have a bigger part in this than the other one. And, um, and like, For sure. and so, so therefore they were still experimenting with it. And I think they did get better with it by uh, up and, 
Inside Out, for example. Um, yeah, Inside Out is yeah. rad. <laughs> yeah, Up looks way better than this. Wally looks way better than this. Yeah, and while you have human characters, do have a relatively big part. Wally. Um, so yeah, there, no, there is definitely uh, some but, things to take note of. No, uh, and it's a, again, it's like it's a thirteen-year-old movie. It is still rarely, relatively new in the whole computer animation thing. Um, yeah, it's definitely, and I, I feel like especially considering it's thirteen years old, it's having a proper resurgence in popularity. Uh, yeah, Remy. <laughs> but I, like, I thought it was weirdly like not colorful for a Pixar movie. Like everything felt a little dull, a little muted, it's no a little Wally. almost flat. It, it's no Wally, but I wouldn't say it lacked color. Um, but it's also like yeah, I think like, I the think cheese the whole is gray. Is, basically, I think the whole point is that like. And and I, I think your take is fine. I, I don't. I'm not disputing that. Um, the the whole point is that like France is beautiful because of the the food, right? Where like the food is where the color comes from in France and in Paris. Right, and I don't, I don't feel like the food has all that much color until right would at you, the end, until he serves say, the ratatouille. Would you also say the setting of the film provides the le- the least amount of chance to have color? Like if you're comparing it to their other films, like you've got Monsters, Inc., all the monsters of different colors. You've got Up, all right. these colorful balloons, Wally, it's space, you've got all that. And Finding Nemo, it's under the sea, this vast ocean of uh, things. I, I, know, I just, think they tried too hard with realism in this, honestly. But I, again, it was more like in that, like th- this was like a big experiment, I guess, for them uh, trying human characters is trying to make a real story and again i still think it it came off really well Uh, yeah i very much enjoyed it It doesn't feel at all like the incredibles like i would not have said that this was if i didn't know as brad bird i would not have said it was the same person i find it very interesting they're three years apart like did he just like work non-stop for like 10 years and just that's what adults do (laughs) just keep working from somebody else (laughs) yeah okay that that makes more sense yeah he took over for this for this in 2005 um which does lend itself a little bit to like somebody wrote the story and then brad bird wrote the story on top of the story and then directed the movie that was already partially directed well so that i I feel better than that there's like this first act where then like we don't revisit the grandmother at all technically we do because they use the same models for the uh the house when they go back to anton ego uh, uh, that woman is not the grandmother though oh no she definitely isn't but they use the same models if you look at that was a theory that went around and brad was like no, he was not just like, a thing. He just said, yeah, we use the same models. Yeah. But. And then Pat Oswalt was like, Brad Bird should shut up and pretend he's a genius. Yeah. I, I One thing's definitely worth noting about, um, well, well, back to my, uh, did he just do nothing but work for 10 years comment, was that like, it's, it, when I met him after what? Incredibles 2, he, that was his first film since this, yeah. I think. So like, that, there's 11 year, there's an 11 year gap with no movie after that. So well, he's only made four movies, it seems like. Yeah. Well, directed four movies. He's worked on other stuff, I gather. But yeah. Maybe he's living the shape famous life where after working for five years he was like you know what i'm done i'm just gonna stop working why do you think what, what have i been doing I have, well, that was <laughs> just what you just did blood where you were like i guess he just worked for three years straight i don't know <laughs> <laughs> but i was saying that you missed my point though that, that like after this he didn't make right. he didn't direct a movie for 11 years i mean in the meantime right. he's made three movie directed three movies in eight years and then goes 11 right. years and only makes one so uh, it's actually not true he made mission impossible ghost protocol directed by brad bird in that time uh, well done, Brad Bird. <laughs> Turns uh, okay. out. So he's made I five did, I movies. I didn't know that one. Mission Impossible. Yeah, he's made Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, which I think oh, okay. was number four. What year? That's five. Fourth and Soma. That's 2011. Fourth and Soma. Okay. So that that does kind of bridge so the gap. So he's still just working constantly. Still nothing excuses the 14 year gap between Incredibles and Incredibles 2. Absolutely nothing will ever excuse a 14 year gap. I'm surprised, Ethan, that you think that this is not as good as Incredibles 2. I thought you were pretty cold on I am. I'm pretty too. cold on this, too. To Brad and Bird. Iron Giant. I thought you were pretty cold on Iron no, Giant. I like the Iron Giant. Iron Giant's pretty good. 
good. So yeah. what? who's your favorite Pixar director, Mr. Edgehill? Um, let me see. I just had the list open. Dan Skin. <sighs> really? So you're a big MU Wait, fan? It, I didn't uh, say that. So MU is... So the, the Uzma Kappa you house is modeled... You just get really modeled, personally offended by this, don't you? <laughs> the Uzma Kappa house is modeled after our fraternity's national headquarters. How embarrassing is that? I mean, if you never pointed out to me, I'd have never known, so... <laughs> uh, and then, uh, no, I, I like Monsters U. I think I it doesn't fit. It, I, like, I'm sure if I revisit it now, I'll be like, this has its own special lightness that other Pixar films are lacking because they they strive so hard to be so heavy. So I really um, like Monsters, Inc. And I really like Inside Out. That's a Pete Doctor stan out here. But I love Finding Nemo as well. Andrew Stanton. But I didn't love Finding Dory as much as uh, I what loved about Finding Nemo. That's the same. Is that interesting? That's interesting, yeah. Uh, Wally's pretty good. I haven't really revisited Wally in a long time. I haven't mm. seen it in probably ten years. Oh wow! Oh. Well, when we cover Wally, that'll be a fun day. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's like that's the one that like out of all the rest of them is like a movie, right? Like that is that, the... that's that's like one where it's like a lot of people have it as their favorite, and I like very much understand why it's people's favorite. It just guess didn't resonate with me as much. But like, like I, I, people talk about Wally the same way they talk about Prisoner of Azkaban, right? Yeah, that's sort of like thing. that one stands sort of out of the that catalog. A film. Yeah, yeah, it's like that's a, that, oh that's a proper movie right like that's got good directing but i i really like uh i would say probably pete doctor as i loved inside out i thought inside out was my favorite pixar movie excited Not by for far so, but like excited definitely. for soul then very excited yeah i think it's gonna be great i'm excited i love the toy story movies too but i can't exactly sit here and be like oh my favorite pixar director's john lesser he also made cars too so like that's just like well, an and, and i wouldn't say that i wouldn't say that the directing was the thing i loved about yeah. The first two Toy Stories. I like Pete Doctor. He made, uh, not, no, 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 uh, Leon Crick, because he made, what's it called? Uh, Pete Doctor's Coco? great as well. He made Coco and Toy Story 3. That's got a very good track record. Um, but then he's retired from films now, which is sad. Um, I do think, uh, Coco is one that we hadn't mentioned. That one is also one that comes into the, into play with Wally where people are like that's a film because yeah. coco just has is, an yeah. insane level of detail that like monsters inc or not monsters inc i don't know where that came from incredibles 2 like oh the detail on bob's shirt is so amazing but like in coco every sign in every frame in every bit of the film is relevant and powerful and good and like every it's like it's like spider-verse where every frame is its own work of art oh uh, for sure spider-verse by the way if that was a pixar film that's ranking high um, yeah. yeah that's way way up <laughs> if that was a pixar film though it would be infinitely worse i, I, I it mean because it wouldn't be it wouldn't be spider-man it wouldn't be spider-man but yeah but like you know what i mean like, if we were <laughs> no, ranking no, no, it even if they against... made it spider-man like it just wouldn't yeah. be it wouldn't have that that certain into the dash verse is that what we're trying to say <laughs> the dash verse i'm frozen I should uh, <laughs> hardcore uh, the Chef Boyardee reference in this pissed me off. Really? Oh, I'm surprised. Tell me more. Because it it breaks kayfabe, right? Like it's out of the thing. It's not like by and large doesn't make Chef Boyardee. I don't. Right. I didn't get it. So like I know what you're referring to because I just watched it, but I did not get the joke. Do you know who Chef Boyardee no, is? No, that's that's why I didn't get it. Ah, so that's an oh. American reference from about this French restaurant. Chef Boyardee makes like canned pasta. Oh, okay. Like canned okay, ravioli. I'm, I'm googling him. It's, it's oh, a, I see. Mm. I see. Oh, so this is kind so of what uh, Gusteau had become. Yeah, it's exactly what Gusteau yeah. had become. But it was like, it, it does it does break it. It makes a 
it a little too real. But there are references to like real life things in Cars, right? Like oh real pop God. culture references. Have you seen Cars 2? Uh, like, cars, really. like, There's a literal one cars of the cars queen. is a Porsche. <laughs> there aren't <laughs> references. Maybe maybe in Cars 2. I don't know about Cars 1. But it's not like, they, you know, they, they go get gas at Dynaco, not Shell, right? Like Right, but one of the cars is a Porsche. Okay, sure. Yeah. I mean, they do that in Toy Story as well. It's a literal Barbie, Mr. Potato Head. You got... I didn't know Mr. Potato know, Head that was a toy. That bothered me less for some reason. I don't know why. Um, I don't you know. Can tell maybe it's some of the fact that this has to do with humans. That's a sketch. Like, like, it is Anti-Ego directly looking down the camera and being like, we acknowledge the existence of General Mills or whoever the hell makes Chef Boyardee. Mm -hmm. But I feel like, especially with uh, Mr. Potato Head and uh, Barbie, you can tell they're like, they're there to sell more of their specific toys. Um, I don't know what the deal is, but like, it's definitely a thing with like, Barbie didn't put didn't let them put the, put it in the first film and then Mr. Potato Head sales skyrocketed after it and then they right and they had, sold like a million buses yeah, of Woody's and they were and, like hang and on. they had they had a lot of regret so uh but then Barbie wasn't many, in Toy Story 4 which was right how many how many hockey pucks did they sell uh probably not many I don't even know if they sell a hockey puck <laughs> toy um, how many sharks <laughs> with cowboy hats how many sharks oh they, they better sell sharky um uh sharky Toy Story I'm Woody howdy 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 I recently uh. did a video where I put myself in Toy Story scenes and I specifically just wanted to make that scene where I popped up instead of the shark, but I left my uh, cowboy hat, my woody cowboy hat at home, so I, I couldn't do it. Oh, that sucks. And that, that did really that. suck. You can actually get a shark toy, by the way. And um, so, um, it, yeah, with 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 a literal cowboy hat on it. I, I don't know if you can see it, but it's yeah, it's a little. Uh... Oh, that. I see it. That's yeah. so good. So, Look at that. Um, I, yeah, I feel like I've been kind of harsh on this movie though. Like, I don't have any particular problems with it. I guess I'm falling in the anti-ego trap. Like, it's more fun to talk to talk crap about it, right? Like. It's, yeah. it's fun to write and fun to read. Very, Negative very, criticism. Yeah, very good Yeah, point. but Anton Ego is like, like they wrote into this movie, uh, Dick Brody. Like, like Richard Brody is the food critic. That's exactly who they're writing to, right? Like, that's the whole point. He sits in the front row of the restaurant. Yeah, except he doesn't because Anton Ego sits in the middle of the restaurant and like, is just like, I will eat whatever Linguini dares to serve me. He sits in the center of the restaurant staring into the kitchen, though. That's a, that's a, that's a power move, by the way. Right, but a lot of people being fancy, a critic. <laughs> a fancy restaurant like that has a chef's table. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Yes. That, that, that would Where you, they seat the VIPs, right? Anton Ego, the food critic, comes in and is seated at the chef's table and given the finest service. Is that just how the, you get the Michelin star? There's only one waiter that wears like a th that suit and he doesn't know like how to respond to the guests. <laughs> He's a terrible waiter. Terrible waiter, yeah. Where they're like, uh, give me... What what the chef wants to well, make. Well, that's the thing. Is all, like, of Skinner staff, all of Skinner's staff sucks except Colette. Yeah. And right? the like, they're all evil. that killed someone with What's his that? thumb. The German guy that killed someone with his thumb. The sous chef. He's, no, no. He sucks. He's the first person to walk out. Yeah, but he's good before that moment. <laughs> I don't, that, he looks like... That really pissed me off. This is going to be a reference for one listener of this show, but Chef Skinner looks like the default head... Or not Chef Skinner. Chef, the one that killed somebody with his thumb, looks like the default uh, avatar in NFL Street from like 2006. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It, that got more obscure as it went on. Like, default <laughs> avatar from NFL. Okay, we're getting to 2006 Street. Oh, NFL oh. Street 2006. <laughs> like, exactly the same. And, and that's all I could think of anytime he was on screen was what, like, what, oh, what, man, what, I'm going to trade you for Sean in, Alexander. What happens in NFL Street? Is it like playing NFL but on the street? Because yeah. there's a game yeah, called so, FIFA Street, which is like football on the so, street. But I didn't know people played NFL on the street. Like, yeah, so you play seven on seven uh, and... 
the whole team plays both sides of the ball. But like, how do you play so, it on the street? Do you just like crush yourself onto the concrete? Well, no, you I mean, play it video on, in like a. You play no, it in if like you a. Were action, but FIFA Street is based on like playing football in. in oh, the you wouldn't play tackle. You'd either oh. play with flags or a touch. Oh, I see. You I wouldn't see. tackle. Okay. You also so, don't yeah. play it in the street. You play it on on like cross. Yeah. Yes, I understand. Yeah. See, this is America. We have a lot of space here. You do. I remember I, I went on walks yeah. when I was quarantined down there. I went on like three hour walks every day. Yeah. And I, I found quite a few football fields while I was out and about. Really? Yeah. I went, oh, there's yeah. One, there's, not, there, yeah, yeah. there's like a whole big park not far from where you were staying. I know. I yeah. went quite far one day um, and like just I just walked around a field. I went over like I like climbed over some fence to get into the field and walked around it for a bit. Wearing like your Fila oversized I, jacket. I don't think I was wearing it. was warmer by this stage because it was March. So I think I was just oh. in a t-shirt. But um, I just remember your Fila jacket. I I remember and my Fila jacket. The good reference. I love your Fila jacket. Still have it. Haven't worn it. Oh, I don't go out anymore, but you know, I would wear it if I went out. <laughs> <laughs> also, I'm pretty sure I have that exact same hoodie, Seamus. I'm not gonna lie to you. This one? Yeah. You know, I'm same not surprised. Size? I got a few comments. No. I wore it in my last video and a lot of people said, oh, where did you get that, that jumper from? And I was I think they said hoodie. And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure I have the exact same one. Do you have the same green t-shirt? It's good fella. Where'd you get it Target? Uh, no, I do not. I probably have the long sleeve version of it. You know, I'm impressed. We spent like 50 minutes talking about Ratatouille before we got off topic. I, I know. I'm really I, proud I think of us. that might be like I I haven't listened to every episode, but that might be a personal <laughs> best. <laughs> definitely for you. I think we talked about Toy Story two through it cost 150 million dollars. <laughs> yeah. And then it was, and then all, it was over. Yeah. When you get like someone more serious on, you get like stay on topic. But no, we don't. That's the yeah, thing. Yeah, I know, is... I know. But like with like John Negroni, if you got him on, doesn't he stay on topic? Isn't that like his whole thing? Uh, he just drags it back around to the topic, no yeah. matter what. He yeah. does. He's very good. At the, he, it's like he's he a hosts film his own movie podcast yeah. where they really critique. He's a film. real film critic. Oh, of course. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you one thing. Uh, I recently guessed it. Not recently. It's been a while now. I guessed it on somebody else podcast and where they keep things really well on topic uh but i just didn't like that's just not my style and they would get like reviews being like uh every episode of the show is good except for this one <laughs> where <laughs> that would that would crush my confidence mine does not have my hoodie does not have the the yellow it is just blue and red and white oh okay mm. okay so instead of like where your your right arm is yellow my right arm is blue okay okay cool 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 for listeners who can't see seamus's torso is in white and his left arm is red and his right arm is yellow and his hood is like blue, blue I think yeah. and, and it's then got his yellow strings yeah. are yellow if yeah. you want context I wore it in my uh, the Tinkerbell movies aren't actually as bad as you'd think video man I like to watch your videos sometimes and that one just didn't do it for me I didn't even start it I was like oh mm, I'm sorry I'm out I'm out on this one Okay, you know, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. I'm definitely not. I like you as a person more than I like to consume the kind of content that your videos talk for about sure, usually. For sure. I feel for the sure. same way about Isaac Carlson. I, so, Seamus, I've been really big on uh, cooking YouTube. So when are you going to start doing cooking videos? Um, I, 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 to be honest, probably never. Um, but um, <laughs> but it, if you, you are... You know what probably get some views? Making the Ratatouille from Ratatouille. Uh, I think it, it, when, when Babish did it, it got a lot of views, yeah. It's, it's been done, I take it. Well, yeah. That's all he does is like makes food. Food from movies so this was uh okay, yes, yeah, i believe yeah, if you search video. making the the ratatouille from ratatouille there's probably a bunch of youtube videos making the rat but when has that ever stopped anybody yeah be binging with babish did it and got 24 million views 20 oh wow yeah that's like almost my entire channel well, he's got a lot more subs than you okay yeah fair if you like cooking channels uh david seymour uh, that's the only cooking channel i know um he i i follow him Seamus, yeah. I watch most of your videos, even though I don't watch the Disney sequels. I want you to know. I, I hate that's, the I word think, binging. I think, I think that's kind of the point, though. I don't. 
I don't expect people who watch the videos have seen the films because I kind of like cover the Disney sequels and go through what happened in them. So it's kind of like I watch them so you don't have to. But yes, then, yes. But also most of the audience, I think, watch them as kids or something. So no, not me. Not you, but I like <laughs> I gather from my comments that either someone who hasn't seen them um, or right. someone who watched it as a kid. I get the comment. I thought this was a fever dream way more often <laughs> than you would imagine. I believe that. Yeah. So so we did uh, growing up in my house, we didn't watch many the disney sequels but um i've seen exactly uh, return of jafar and and 40 thieves were big in my house um and i'm certain that if i were to watch your video on those i would be like yep that was a fever dream i'm certain of it yeah i I had no idea i remembered those i uh but that's where open sesame comes from right is it i didn't know that i mean i i hadn't seen any of them either to my knowledge um and that that's kind of like why i got the the, the whole thing with it though was i started watching them when i was quarantined in in rome I literally mm-hmm. was um, I was just like stuck at home I had nothing to do you like, had Disney my, Plus for the first time and I had Disney Plus for the first time and I was stuck in because my computer was in the SCB office that I wasn't going into and I was just kind of like what am I supposed to do <laughs> um, and so I I basically went in uh, I, I basically just watched like I was watching through like the Disney Renaissance and then it started recommending the sequel and I started watching them and I was like I can make some videos about it and then yeah that, that then I, I did it and then yeah here and that's been the past like six months of, or like eight months of content Literally, yeah. Um, it's been the best eight months in the history of my channel, so it's been it's been a good time. I'm glad you you hmm. found a new niche. I'm I, just I so love glad it. Yeah, this has been the worst succeed. eight months of the history of the Bacon and Eggs YouTube channel because we haven't posted a single thing <laughs> since you came to America. Oh, Reese, you haven't been posting uh, the podcasts on there. So it stopped auto posting from uh, Birds of Prey from Birds of Prey onward, oh. and that was uh, and it's like a huge pain in the butt to take this audio file and put it into Premiere and hmm. set a thing in front of it, and they'll let an hour and four. 45 minutes of audio render into a video. Mm. Uh, I don't know if you ever made an hour and 45 minute long video. It takes a grip though. I've done, render. I've, done fi- I've done does. 56 minutes. Yeah. It takes that a grip took, to render. It took, it took about, yeah, about, a day to upload it. Yeah. Um, which was uh, and I just fun. don't have time for that. Like, mm. unless there's a better way to do it. But, uh, so we haven't been able to sort that problem um, because I don't know why. It's just dumb. It just doesn't work. So, yeah. one day we'll get it back. One day. Although every J vs. Ben video does point people to our channel. I wonder if, like, Birds of Prey has a lot of views or something. I don't know. But you have, you've done a live stream since then from my just yeah. a few seconds ago uh, click. It still says, it, if you go into Podbean, it still says YouTube is updating the API authentication. Our tech team is working on the issue with YouTube during this time auto sharing to youtube is unavailable and it is said that for over two weeks now so it's just bro the whole thing's broke the system's broken the school's closed the prison's open yeah i i, I don't know what to what say but but yeah anyway the, so we have not the bacon and eggs youtube channel has not done fantastically although we did do a couple of uh, dungeons and dragons live streams on there through my other podcast yes yes i i i, I knew about one of the one you did a big charity live stream back in june yeah that was fun yes, i, I watched me too it was a good time um, but we've talked yeah, about asking yeah, I, you to come on one of them seamus yeah I, I i heard about this but i i I, I, I still don't know. I have a pair of dice upstairs, but that's all a I have. A pair? Just, yeah, two dice. Well, we can <laughs> we can yeah. sort you out some dice and figure out how to make it happen. We can teach you the we game. Also, there's also a really good game that only takes two dice, so. Monopoly. That's the one. Yep. There's lots of games that only take two dice. <laughs> I played a board game with Ethan before, like in person, and I won. He did. This was incredible. So we played uh, Giant Ticket to Ride with Seamus. It was the last time I saw him before everything this went to hell. This would have been the last time. Yeah. Wow. Because yeah, that um, was like that was like the weekend. It was kind of. It was three days before my yeah, birthday. Yeah. yeah and like was, everything yeah. went bad like the day before my birthday. Because it was um, kind of like I feel like at the time it was like very much like a known like this was getting bad, but it was also like it couldn't 
quite see sunk in how serious it was going to well, be. Because like we hung out that yeah. Thursday and we were like, okay, so next Friday we're going to go to a hockey game. And then the yeah. next day they canceled <laughs> the whole hockey season. Yeah. And we're and, like, oh, well, yeah. okay. And then we hung out on Saturday and then Seamus was gone by like the next week. Yeah, I, 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 I would was planning on staying until the, the government was like, come home, yeah. please. <laughs> well, I'm glad you didn't stay because it never got better. <laughs> it didn't, no. In fact, now it's way worse yeah. than it was I then. I mean, yeah. Like, yeah. Way worse. We're, we're, I mean, like, across, we're way worse across the second world. lockdown. But I, yeah. The thing is, I went home because I thought um, I wouldn't be able to fly back. That was like the whole, the whole thing. I thought because they were saying come home, they were going to cancel all flights abroad. They never actually cancelled flights from america so i could have technically stayed until may and got my flight and basically saved like however much that flight cost because they never gave me the money back for it um but um so i would have said you have to do another raid shadow legends yeah i mean i actually so, i literally have them in my email today. so when but, this uh, when this first got <laughs> When this stuff first started to happen, I was in uh, India and we like considered cutting the trip short because we legitimately thought we were going to get stuck yes, in India. Yeah. Like they were talking about because they th while we were there, they closed the Indian border with China. Like nobody was allowed to come from China or mm. uh, Bhutan or Tibet or any of those other countries that like bordered China, mm. like completely shut it off. And we're like, are we going to be able to get home? And, and, and we were trying to like talk to the consulate and everything. And they're just like, we have no idea what's happening right now. The whole thing is a mess. I am uh, grateful I came home in the sense that we got a bit of a summer here in the sense that like it kind of cleared up over like our lockdown ended over like the summer and i went like away with friends to like south england with like six of us um, you're from point. london yeah so like that is like, south to, england to the sea though um <laughs> to the sea um and uh so i was glad i got manchester to by listeners the sea are, listeners if you're not, not aware not england manchester. is very small no not not in manchester though like manchester's north manchester's so. the north manchester well by the sorry sea. it is it manchester is north it's not it's the north of london but it is in the yeah. north of the country as well so, yeah. would we call it that is that it is in the north what? yeah like the north like capital T, capital N. I mean, it, if there was a north and south divide, Manchester would claim to be north. Yeah, um, unless you count, unless you're only counting Scotland as the north, then you, and like. No, I just feel like I feel like the the northerners are very protective over what is and is not the north. Yeah, Manchester I've is spoken. part of that. Okay, I have spoken. Yeah, that's fair. But no, England. You, were, you, you were saying you were saying about uh, our board game together, and I interrupted you rudely. Oh yeah, yeah. So so we were playing Ticket to Ride, uh, the giant version with Seamus, this the part that has trains and ships, and we're Ooh, really explaining stuff to Seamus, and he's like. Listen, I, I understand. We've got it. Just let's go and I'll figure it out. And he beat the ever loving shit out of us. I like, I, I beat, I, I remember I feel, still feel bad about this to this day. Do you remember when I really tried to backstab you, Ethan, yeah. during the game? And I still feel bad about this to this no, day. No, you should have done it. You should have done it. <laughs> I still think we should have done it. And that's why I feel bad about it. I, I've forgotten oh. <laughs> your friend's name, but your friend didn't want to go through with it. And that was because it was brutal. It, it was, was brutal. I, we, we were going to brutally cut Ethan off on for something no he'd been working on for like, for, 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 for around for absolutely oh. no reason other than for the fun of it yeah that was the thing is it hadn't it served you no purpose but whatever <laughs> it's fine uh so Seamus was just like i'm very good at board games and and winning board games and we're like yeah okay guy then he comes in man, here from we, this is like our game crew okay <laughs> like, this people this. i play games with Seamus, <laughs> and he comes in here and, and kicks the crap out of us simple plain and simple this we is got like dusted. this is a very I've funny still never thing won that, that yeah. game this is a very funny thing about me is that like i will say i'm very good at something with no backing to it whatsoever 
and every now and again I'm gonna get super lucky and actually turn out to be good at that thing and that game just turned out to be one of those games It just like you could see it make you you know that you know that scene in the hangover where you, all the math happens around Zach Galifianakis' yeah. head when he's counting cards That was like looking at Seamus so you could see the math happening in his brain That is what I'm good at. I'm good at mathematics So, so Seamus if we were to play FIFA together would I win? Probably not but I'm not a big FIFA player I haven't owned the game since like 2013 but um 13 okay so, yeah so, I, I think my last one was probably like 16 or 17 but like so. um I bought 20 I, I would, it was it was I, eleven dollars. I, I would I but yeah I I don't know I don't I don't really I'm not big on uh gaming consoles of like that I'm much just more like I'd play a game on my phone like I love playing football manager on my phone he loves playing Raid big, Shadow Legends yeah he's a big Raid Shadow Legends fan. Guys, I have not done a sponsorship with them for nine months and I turned them down <laughs> I turned down an ungodly amount from them this month and I, I'm kind of regretting it why <laughs> because I don't know the comments just like make you regret it and you guys make me regret it saying oh, I love Raid Shadow Legends um, <laughs> look so I don't I don't really get the only ads I ever see are for Raid Shadow Legends and Raycom earbuds because I have YouTube wow. Premium yeah. and those are the two companies that are paying people to like actually say ads in their videos. Yeah. No, I've got uh, a good deal with uh, Surfshark on at the moment. Not that I need to promote them on here, but they So like, every now and then I'll yeah. be like watching an ASMR video and they'll be like, you know what's really nice? Raid Shadow Legends. <laughs> Do you watch a lot of ASMR? I do, yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't know that about you. It helps me fall asleep at night. Oh, that's nice. But so I'll be like, have it drifting in and out of sleep with whatever nonsense they're talking about. It's just like, Raid Shadow Legends. My weird, my weird tweet, 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 Where you can... in, in, in 2020 is that now to go to sleep at night, I watch uh, videos about scary, like horror, like, I don't know what's the word, um, like true crime and supernatural stuff, just to scare really? myself to sleep. I, I love it now. Oh, I this is what was... I live for now. I, I thought it was because true crime was so boring, it knocked you out. I say this as though like that's not the industry that is holding podcasts up. Yeah, right. but, like, <laughs> it's true crime and Joe Rogan, and that's it. Maybe maybe, right. maybe you should get uh, get into if you guys ever want to do a true crime podcast. I'm like I'm so into it now that like I would happily. You should start a true crime podcast on our network. A true crime podcast, and I don't I don't know, but it does sound fun. But the I problem will, with true crime is that then I have to like call criminals. I have and to learn like, about hey. crime. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, I have to that, care. That, that would be fun. But I do love true crime. But okay, cool. You heard it here. Seamus is making a true crime podcast coming to WBNE 2021. Is, I'm going to get so many tweets after it's gone out like, wow, I'd actually so listen to that. Um, but, it's going to be um, called More Gore, comma man. That is very clever. The gore, the gore <laughs> would have to be a pun. Yeah. Um, yeah. The gore pun. Yeah. Okay, well, let's just workshop this whole, that's the hash browns today. We're just workshopping this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Sawyer. My, my dogs don't like your podcast because it's true crime. If I'm driving and listening to a true crime podcast and I crash, is it the true crime podcast's fault? No, it's your well, fault. Well, crashing your car is not a technically a crime. Yeah, also, unless you intentionally crash it. No, I like because I fell asleep because of the true crime oh, podcast. Why would you fall asleep what, listening to a true crime podcast? You just said that's how you fall asleep I at fall night. Because I, I scare myself with it. I'm like, ah! <laughs> I don't know how to oh describe my, it. If I scare <laughs> myself, then... Knocked. <laughs> Done. <laughs> If I scare myself, I'm not sleeping. That's how that works. Yeah, that, I, I, that's the whole. That's the whole 2020 vibe, though. I've just changed. <laughs> that's the problem with Shame is making true crime podcast. He'll fall asleep in the middle of it. <laughs> And then the murderer, he walks into the room, and, and there's Lily and and Harry. And <laughs> that's my Voldemort true crime podcast. That's what it is. We'll workshop it. What if we told the events of Harry Potter from the lens of a true crime <laughs> podcast? And now we can make Seamus Gorman Voldemort. We can really do it. <laughs> you just call it like the Godric Hollow murder. <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, the Godric Hollow murder. That would be a good, uh, good title. The murder of Godric Hollow, I think, is how you'd call it. Yeah. yeah oh man, it's a good title. Uh, how many people just who click did on this? You, you do it and you try and like rope as many people in, thinking it's a yeah. real thing, just like fully, That's what I'm fi- saying, yeah. fi- fully fictional, like true crime right. stuff, and then do it as, and then like rope as many people in without like saying too much, and then by the end, just completely it's give like it away. It's like a vodka opera. Oh, you gotta do it like uh, Ray Fine and be like. <laughs> Oh, th- you know what? I'm excited about this show. This is really going to come to life. It's a very funny idea. Uh, yeah, <laughs> where's the gore, man? The shameless gore man. <laughs> the gore man. <laughs> I'm the gore hello, man. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome Nature. back to Where's the Gore Man. I'm Seamus Gore Man. Hello there. How you doing? <laughs> Seamus is like, I, you know what? It's been since March since I was on this stupid show, and maybe it'll be till March again. I know again. you can't hear it through the lens, but I'm wearing my pink Vance Joy t-shirt. <laughs> You guys are idiots. I, I do not like this. I, I thought we were all friends, and this is not fun. I did cringe quite a lot just there, but you know. You were you made fun of my videos, and then now you're <laughs> making fun of my accent. I just wanted to talk to my pals about Ratatouille. And, can uh, I, Kate, Seamus, so you can make fun of our accent if you want to. Do you want to? I don't think there's much to make fun of, though. Like, do you want to say the thing, though? Do you want to say the thing? Oh, wait, I've forgotten it. Oh, uh, wait, I remember it. Um, can I get a soda with that, ma'am? Love it. <laughs> Uh, didn't it. you do like a hamburger thing too? No, that was like th- this was at Moe's. You know the Moe's, the Moe's. Yeah, I'm familiar yeah. with Moe's, the inferior burrito joint. Yeah, I know. But it was like Moe Mondays or so. I feel like I've told this story on the podcast before. Like I'm, I'm pretty, pretty confident I told this exact hey, dude, story. Shame. I don't remember I what on. I said last week on the podcast. So if you want to tell the story again, go for it. <laughs> but either way, I was just. It was like a Moe Mondays thing. I was with uh, the boy Scott Nice Wonder um, and uh, Scott Nice Wonder's wonderful girlfriend Emily. And her roommate and uh i heard emily pilot plays with barbies that doesn't surprise me and um, <laughs> that's awesome by <laughs> yeah, the way yeah it's really cool um, <laughs> if emily pilot listens to this she'll get that reference um but I, and we went we went i uh, got it got like some food and the first guy like picked up that i was english and was like telling me his life story about like how he's from england but he wasn't he was like had like some ancestors from england or something and i was like and then so when i got to like the next server i go can i get a soda with that ma'am and then he like gave me like a weird look because she didn't pick up that i was just a guy doing an accent and thought I was just an right. American and um, he like looked at me like weirdly and that was it that's the story you're welcome that's the whole yeah. story when you do that when you do that accent you sound like every actor playing an American in the first five seasons of Doctor Who well you know that says I'm good enough to be an actor on Doctor Who to do an American accent which that's I wouldn't good. have rated myself to do so. well I'm saying <laughs> that they do abysmal American accents on that show yeah I know oh no it's the mannequins they've come to life that's I'll my the, the, the British person doing an American accent why have the accent? mannequins come to life the word the first time so Doctor Who is hard to say it. in American. Dalek. Yeah, because y- when you say it in the British accent, you put an R in there that we're not allowed to because it sounds weird because there's no R in the word. Like there are definitely some Dalek. words that I find Dalek, yeah. don't go well for English people that's like very American, but I can't think of one. But you say Dalek, and it's just like Dalek. The Dalek. The Dalek. Are you afraid of the Dalek? No, I'm not. Yeah, are you afraid of the True Crime Podcast? Yeah. Are you afraid of the Daleks? No. There, there wasn't do you, enough so French do you... in the Ratatouille. I'm just thinking about Nobody this. has a French accent hardly at all except for Colette. Except Colette just has a strong French accent. And then everyone else is American. <laughs> no, you, 
They're not American. So, Anton, uh, Anton Ego is not American. I mean, he's not, but like, they're all like very much like, they're, it's very Americanized, but. You know. Colette should have pepper sprayed him. Instead, kisses him back. It's a wild claim it, for it, sure. What, what confuses me was why she was getting the pepper spray out in the first place, in the sense of like, um. Because he was going to flash her. He oh, was like, that, I have a oh, little I chef. See, I didn't get that. I didn't Yeah, the little chef is his see, dick. That, was, that, that missed me yeah. as well. By the way. <laughs> I get it now. I get it now. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I was really confused by that. I was like, what What does she right. think he's inferring here? Like, he's like, why I'm going to show you the little chef. And also uh, he's sitting there talking about nonsense. He's like, there's a guy in my head and he talks to me and he tells me the recipes. Yeah, so it's, And she's yeah, like, it, it, uh... Um, it's two in the morning, guys. I missed that one. Sorry about yeah, that. That's okay. Yeah, no. Um, you could miss that one. Yeah, but that makes sense. That's why she was yeah, getting the. She definitely out. thinks he's about to either flash her or like murder her, <laughs> because again, they work in a kitchen together. Yeah. They're all criminals. Yeah. Okay. That that adds up. I was because I was kind of like confused why she's getting like she knows this guy, but then now you're explaining that like he was about to make something like that happen. Then yeah. That but then like that also makes it more sus why she would kiss him back. Yeah, it is a bit. It is a bit of an odd moment. Why she'd kiss him back? And it hey, takes dudes. like. It, it, I don't know if you noticed that scene lingers on way too long with her like not kissing him back. I, I, yes. I, like there's like a good five seconds where her eyes are wide open. Then eventually, and she's she, like, nope. <laughs> and then eventually she kind of settles for it. And then like there's still like ten more seconds of them panning out on it. And it's right. like, <laughs> just, yeah, it's France though, so you know. One of the things I love about France is uh, I've been playing Pokemon XY, so clearly I know all things French. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. Um, everywhere in the city, you can see the Empire State Building or whatever it's called. The, the Eiffel Empire Tower. State Building, that's the one. <laughs> the, the the radio tower in the middle. Eiffel Tower. That's, the Tal Eiffel, Eiffel Tower. Eiffel Tower. <laughs> Eiffel, yeah. Uh, is, that cool? is that like a real thing yeah. where like if you have a crappy apartment in France, you can still see it, the Eiffel Tower at your window? It's pretty, uh, pretty big. Um, it's so, pretty big and yeah. everything in Paris is short. Yeah. It's, it's like, imagine but, New York, but the Empire State Building was the only big building. <laughs> right. Like everything. <laughs> Thing is like maximum like four stories so uh, and that's basically all of europe really but um uh but yeah no you can pretty much um i mean i can't really remember i haven't been to paris in a long time it's like like top of my list of places to go once it's safe to go places just because it's the easiest mm -hmm. place to get to from here and you can literally get the train there but um that's cool uh, so that was a point of big ben right like you could see big ben from pretty much everywhere back in yeah, the day but it's, in, it's under construction but yeah so big ben is not the clock tower but you could not see big ben from my house if that's what you're wanting but you live if, if you live far enough away from it that you would be able to see it of course even yes. if everything wasn't tall right like you can't you see the to, Eiffel Tower if, from... if there was if there was nothing else in london like it was just empty other than big ben you might be able to see it but i, I, don't, I don't know, know. one's pretty How big i think the earth things? might get in the way on the, i have a question seamus no. about your uh england london okay london, england. i'm on fire on the warmest day of the year what temperature is the thames the thames the thames yeah i have thames. no idea thames. i is it just like ungodly cold all the time i that is the most difficult question i've ever been asked um <laughs> I've, I've absolutely no idea what temperature the thames is usually um so like in america like if there's a river you you get in it at, at some point yeah you can't uh, swim in the thames the exception being the hudson uh, or the east river either one I, I, like, yeah. I think if you asked anybody who lives in manhattan how cold the east river is they wouldn't know that's a good point in july I'll tell you this. i've seen every 19. episode of uk top gear and every time they get in the water they wear wetsuits 
always. Okay, so here, here's the, your answer is that it, according to Google, it, it has a high of 19 degrees Celsius in uh, July, which is like 70. That's cold, yeah. The water, that's that really is cold. That's really cold for water. Yeah. That's cold for yeah. water. That will that will mess you up yeah. real quick. I know. I, I mean, you could get in. But you could get in, be, but you would be like, this is cold and my yeah. body hurts. You don't, yeah, you don't, you don't swim in the tank. I don't know if you can legally swim in the tank. I know that, yeah. You that, might that be able like to. I think if you go far enough up, you do. Yeah, for some areas you can. Not where I Like, am, you know, outside like, London. You're not you're not jumping in off the London Eye. Is, off is the embankment, yeah. Because yeah. um, uh, we just were there for New sewers. Year's. There were people in it. Yeah, they, they, they do a swim on New Year's somewhere, for sure. But like, I, I still think you need... I remember I was at the... You won't have heard of this, I don't think, but there's a boat race every year between Oxford and Cambridge down the town. Oxford and Cambridge are the two big universities here. Um, and there's a boat race every year. One year I went to it, um, and someone like That's Henley, jumped right? in. What, what? Henley. Isn't that what the race is called? I don't know. Oh. I just know it's the Oxford-Cambridge boat race. But um, I... I went to it one year um, because I don't know. It's like during the summer, I think, and it just gives you something to do that day, I guess. Or it might not even be the summer, but I'm just gonna say some uneducated statistics. Just I was there. That's what's important. I was like 11, and some guy like jumped in and like swam across the uh, thing and like blocked the the boats, and like the whole race had to come to a halt. Like because like he, motorboats or like rowboats? Rowboats. And he's like yeah. crew. And he yeah, like, yeah, like eight people in a boat, and there's like a guy yeah, in the front like crew. Like, chanting yeah and uh yeah this guy this guy jumped in and like swam across and the whole race got like uh uh got like restarted and stuff and i remember it was on the news and um and i was like there and i watched it happen and that that but and that's my only experience of like knowing someone jumping in the river and like getting in like and he got like proper legal trouble for it oh i'm sure it was 20, i think that it would was be 2012 so i'd have been 14 um when that happened old. and uh yeah someone jumped in so he was jailed for six months. Good the, lord. The guy who jumped in. So, for being a public nuisance. nuisance. That's crazy. He would have so, gotten a fine in the States and been But no, but he also, okay. he stopped a, a race though. So, like, he, he he completely stopped the race. Right, yeah. If you run onto the field of a football game, you don't go to jail. You like, don't. But, like, it's also, like, I guess it's, like, more than one thing he's done, isn't it? It's, like, he's, uh, he's, he's stopped. But, like, also, if you run on the football field, like, the game just stops and then you restart it. I think he stopped it to the extent where they had to go back to the start and restart the entire race. And also, um, I believe... Uh I, I believe it's against the law to go in the Thames. So you're right. Yeah, we don't we don't do that in America. Yeah. Like you can swim in a river; it's fine. Even like ones in the big city, like yeah. I mean, if you want to swim in the East River or the Hudson in New York, you probably can. It's not advisable. Um, but we're we're much more in the like camp of like just just let it happen. So even I've just received a tweet um in this uh, last four minute um from someone saying that you said in your episode about Mulan, which is I haven't seen actually, but uh, it says I always thought Seamus Gorman had a kind of like hot lesbian haircut. You said that yeah. about me did i <laughs> i i would believe that yeah and i just want to know what the thinking i mean you do that, you that do kind of have like a hot lesbian haircut oh i mean thank yeah. you very much but um <laughs> especially right now with the blue with the blue yeah yeah <laughs> like ruby rose <laughs> I just, I just thought like the the chances of someone sending me that like while I was talking to you on the podcast. It's, it's like they know. It it's was, like we we did televise what time we were recording this. <laughs> oh, you did actually. That is true. But like, I don't know if this is connected to that. But so I want to I want to talk more about Colette and and I love this like power feminist character they include in the film, right? That she is like. But then she still lets him kiss her despite getting the pepper spray out. And this movie right. still doesn't pass the Bechdel test. Yeah. So What's I, that? I'm with all I've of those things. I've heard this before, but can someone fill me in? Ooh, I'm glad you so asked. So the Bechdel test is. Uh, uh, let's let me look up the exact rules. I, I think I know what it is, but especially for like your audience listening, that might be yeah. a good thing to explain. 
it's the thing with like how many women you need in like a film to like it like the, the star wars prequels fail at it don't almost definitely yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what i know about uh, it is that the star wars prequels fail at it and lord of the rings fails at it i know that revenge of the sith does not because okay so it's it's to measure padme the uh, talk. hang on let me, let me. In, what a padme disgusting is a, padme is a big character in the pre i guess but that's right, pretty but much the, it the critique <laughs> the critique would be that like she exists to be anakin's love so interest. the test yes. is created by a woman yeah. named alison bechdel and it is it took you know sort of give you a gauge for how well women are represented in the movie mm. and it has several criteria uh the movie has to have at least two women in it which i believe this technically passes that yeah, it's got the grandmother and it's got colette yes it has to have two oh, women yeah. in it yep. who talk to each other which it fails about something other than a man okay. yeah so colette is the like only one with like multiple speaking lines right yeah there, there's and she never talks to another woman film, lots of movies fail this um wow and it's, yeah. it's not always there's a whole list of of what uh yeah wow you go to bechteltest.com and you can like yeah, search none of the rats are female that is weird correct why is that uh men made this movie yeah i can see that but like how they're just how is there just this family of male rats where, where did they all come from i'm pretty sure no there isn't a female rat in this film now i think about it i believe that that is correct yeah that's one of the things that makes remy being gay and linguini being gay such a fascinating <laughs> facet of the film gay for each other <laughs> remy Man, Re- remy that... is definitely gay for human in whatever way that makes sense because is is whatever yeah maybe not yeah. gay is the right yeah, gay word definitely but like, wasn't the right word but it was just the word that contextually like homo romantic yeah, in the sense that sure. like homo as human not homo is like homosexual yeah yeah. Uh, yes. You got one. Oh, let's man. see. There's a search option here. Ratatouille. Ratatouille. Double check that. Did this... you know there's like a like a rubbish film that like ripping off Ratatouille called Ratatouille? Really? Yeah. And it's just a, a film about like rats that cook. Um, and it, that exists. How do you spell Ratatouille? Uh, R A T A O U T I L L E. I think I missed out a T, but there's two T's. Ratatouille. I sent you guys a nice photo of some Ratatouille the other day. So I've never had Ratatouille. What is it? Um, it's just like a lot of veg. I don't know. I don't really know. It's peasant food according to colette um yeah that sounds like something french would say about food um i i, I don't actually know i like i i can't really think of ever having it but i i i, I must have had it because we had a tin in the house so, um and it was just like it was like it wasn't like i i went out searching for this tin of ratatouille it was like it was on on the counter so maybe we ate it that day and i didn't even know but um i mean i, I i'm under the impression that, that that ratatouille the movie did a lot for the dish probably probably but i think i think the point of it is firstly because it's a rat pun that's like the joke um right but it does wrap in well because like the idea of making ratatouille this fancy dish is like i don't know serving a hamburger at a restaurant and being and like making it all fancy and like yeah that's something we absolutely do in america tell you I that know. much yeah. 100%. <laughs> yeah call it a gastropub uh, a gastropub i need to go to a gastropub next time i'm in uh the united states uh when i was in vegas there's lots of fancy burger restaurants there i i, I like that that's i'm a fan of I'd that be a fan more of fancy that. burgers i would go, I would go ju- i'd go to vegas just for the fancy burger restaurant yeah I went to Gordon Ramsay Burger and I got Gordon Ramsay Burger. Go- and it was Go- awesome. Gordon Ramsay has his restaurants here as well. Good guy. So uh, I, I would imagine that Gordon Ramsay has restaurants in the UK where he's from. Yes, lot. Um, Does he just call like here? He just calls them like Gordon Ramsay Burger, Gordon Ramsay yeah, Steak. Yeah, sort of Gordon name. Ramsay. They, they have a few of them. Like Jamie Oliver has a few as well. I don't know if he's known in America though. So if you um, go to Wikipedia and you search Ratatouille, the food, just like just search Ratatouille, it says Ratatouille is a French Provençal stewed vegetable dish. Okay. So even well. it like literally says provincial like not good enough for exactly the so that's kind of like that's kind of like that's why it wraps french, in french quite, is so wild that's why it kind of kind of wraps in 
well because it's like right uh, so he he's basically making like a crunch wrap supreme right which is what anton ego grew up in yeah. his you know french pastoral lifestyle that's what he was used to right that's his old school comfort food it brings anton ego down this whole level and it becomes like anton it, it's Id. also got rat in the name so yeah yeah, yeah. for sure i for would sure. love to i'd love to hear how ryan wrote this pitch where he's like i've got a movie and it's about has he done one on this one yet i i, I don't know i, I can't I believe know. he hasn't done all the pixar films because like some of them are so funny like yeah it's this movie about an old man who like attaches <laughs> some balloons to his house and flies away oh that sounds fun yeah his wife dies in the first five minutes <laughs> <laughs> like they've just write themselves. Um, oh, I know it's so good. Oh, he's so funny. He's so funny. Uh, he's done an onward one, but he hasn't done Ratatouille. Um, I think he's done Toy Story. I just Story, feel but... like it's such an easy joke of being like, "What are we gonna?" Okay, so it's about a chef. It's Pixar. Okay, I'm with it, and it's in France, and the food's gonna look great. Wow, I'm so with it. Oh, by the way, a rat cooks Ratatouille. What? How funny is that? <laughs> Not very funny. What a, what a gimmick. <laughs> He's only done he's only done four Pixar uh Pixar ones. Onward, The Incredibles, Incredibles 2 and Toy Story. So um I wanna say I'm surprised he hasn't done more. But maybe he's saving them up for a rainy day. Or he's just working on other stuff. Yeah, of course, of course. But I imagine <laughs> There's a lot of movies like, out yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We've only done a few Pixars on this show. We've done all of the Toy I've Story. I've been in all of them, haven't I? I was going to say, we've done almost half at this point. No, not quite. Really? Incredibles 2, three Toy Stories onwards. Coco, Coco Monsters, Inc. We did Monsters, four Inc. Four Toy Stories. We did four Sorry, Toy Stories. Yeah. We did Coco. Sorry, we did we Monsters, did three, Inc. We did three and then we did a fourth, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I associated oh. them differently there because we. I remember we did like three in like three days. A week. So this yeah. week. It wasn't even, it was like mad how like we just, every night we were just back on and it was like, that was, yeah, that was, that was crazy. Uh, we're doing it again next week. Very exciting. American Thanksgiving. Forget about it. Forget about it. Thanksgiving. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Happy Thanksgiving next week. Thank you. So this is, this is eight Forgiving of me 21 that, Pixar movies. 22. 22. 23 with Soul. That's coming out okay, next month yeah. as well. So no, nine onward. Yeah. Nine. Yeah. That sounds right. Yeah. That would call that almost half. Close. For December, we're just covering the good dinosaur four well, times. I'm, yeah, we'll have you on back on for Christmas for for, <laughs> soul. for soul. Yeah, I'm gonna see it before you guys. Don't be too jealous. Are you are you going to an no, event? I've I've got like there's like I don't know if I can say it, but like there's some like uh, uh, there's some like uh, screening pass thing that you can get to like see it early. Hmm. And uh, well, I mean, I've we're not been, gonna been, like been, have you on. I've been helped. No, I'm joking. Christmas I was just anyway. I just I just wanted to flex that really. To we honestly. do Christmas movies <laughs> in December, but, yeah. and Soul's not a Christmas movie. No, well, you don't know that. I mean, it, it is. Seems unlikely it certainly was is not a christmas like movie june. since it was supposed to come out in june yeah, i mean yeah that is yeah it'll be a nice uh movie for christmas day though yeah for sure and it's also got 100 percent on rotten tomatoes have you already Tomatoes. seen it you guys picked rotten up on it. I, thought I, I thought i played that well enough that you didn't Soul. so you have already seen it Soul. yeah uh, some point uh some point uh next month like early next month hopefully yeah they dropped the uh rotten tomato score early for that one really early because that that's yeah. why it's confusing because as uh, as i said they have this early screening part uh, like i've i'm like they must come in tears where like some critics right. just like, like yeah. where we have yeah, Richard Brody yeah. from the New York Times yeah. gets it first and then it's like people like people who might make a YouTube video on it like a week before it comes out I'm, a, I'm willing to bet they've got a bonkers marketing scheme for like okay uh, Mulan didn't really make us a lot of money so how can we effectively make Soul make the most money possible yeah Tyler just add mm. Pixar from the uh, from the Bacon and Eggs account and say that we want the screener the thing <laughs> is if Soul cost uh, $30 to what I would have paid for it but I'd have never paid that for Mulan and that's I still haven't seen it. Um, and that was like it wasn't very uh, good. Also, the only people rating it so far are uh, UK 
production uh, publications. Oh, really? For oh, Seoul? Fun you want to read the reviews in British accents like we always do? Yeah, Peter Bradshaw from The Guardian says <laughs> it's a deeply sweet, happy, gentle film. Five out of five. <laughs> Nicholas nice. Barber, BBC.com, says it doesn't need its target, but its target is the key to life, the universe, and all that jazz. You can't aim much higher than that. Charlotte O'Sullivan, <laughs> London Evening Standard, says, yeah, co-directed, written by Pete Doctor and Kept all? Powers. This is nourishment for, well, the soul. If you're feeling kind of blue, help is on its way. Why are why all, all of those reviews by British people? They only like Americans just... But you know what they'll have done as Ed well? Ed in Times UK says it's sad, funny, and beautifully realised. <laughs> four out of five. Are there any French ones? Uh, I have no idea what most of these productions are from. <laughs> they, but the top critics are all from, from UK. They have, uh, they, they've done it as well, I paper. bet. So that, like, they want this to get... They're going to really because they can choose who can see it, right? Like they're going to personally give it to people. They're going to give it to people who they know are going to give them like positive reviews. They're not going to give it to that guy that like always negatively reviews every Pixar film that comes out just to knock them off a hundred percent. I don't think anybody anybody White is not getting the screener for this one. I forgot his name. He's not getting an early screening of this. Um, Armin White. Yeah, Armin. You know, God, stop forgetting who Armin White is every time I ask you about him or talk to you about him. I I said Armin White, and then I took a sip of my Baja Badger Blast. Debate a blast. Uh, huh. Armin White is going to be like, this is the first Pixar movie with a black lead. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Armin White, the black guy that hates movies about black, black people. Wife. He's like, yeah. it's not as good as the Transformers movie that wasn't very good. Right, he's like, he's like Black Landsman. That movie sucked. The, 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 his you know, whole, really... I, I recall his whole review of Toy Story 3. It was the first negative review of Toy Story 3. And I recall his whole review was that um, it wasn't as good as Transformers Dark Fate. <laughs> that, and that, 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 that was all I needed to know about him until I saw he did a review yeah. on Toy Story 4. They'll certainly give well. the New Yorker review to Anthony Lane. Well, yeah. Yeah. Anthony Anderson was in Transformers, so maybe Armin White. Anthony Anderson him. probably loves soul. He's <laughs> probably like, Jamie Foxx, that's my guy. <laughs> I love Jamie Foxx. <laughs> I'm very interested to see how Jamie Foxx will do in this film because the character he's playing doesn't make me think of like who he is at all. Jamie Foxx is one of the single most underrated actors ever to oh, live course, and I will die on this hill. And it's like, it's very much, I don't, I don't picture, like it's this old, no, he's not old, but like it's this man like who wants to like live this dream of music. It's just like, it's not someone I can picture Jamie Foxx being in a way. So, That's like, so wild. He's so, Ray like, Charles in, in, Ray, in Ray, the movie about Ray Charles. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Jamie Foxx. The jazz musician. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Well, th- I didn't picture uh, him as that, but well, I mean, th- this was probably the worst thing I've ever said then. Um, Jamie Foxx <laughs> is in a lot of movies about music. Jamie Foxx is is Jamie Foxx. He's like the voice He's a of musician. But like, <laughs> I, it, I wasn't going to have the musician route of like someone who's like, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I hear what you're saying. Of like someone who's kind of like, yeah. But the thing about Jamie Foxx is I feel like every time a Jamie Foxx movie comes out, somebody's like, man, Jamie Foxx turned in a really good performance in this movie. I'm shocked. And that's every single time. That's not true, man. He he has some real misses. He does, but so does everybody. Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks has a bad movie. Have you seen Toy Story 3? Yeah. <laughs> Tom Hanks. I mean, he was in uh, Turner and Hooch. He's moving a cop. He was in Larry Crown. I got a 37% on Rotten Tomatoes. Are you just looking at his Rotten Tomatoes? You've got to you gotta talk about films you've seen. Yeah, I haven't seen Films these. you've yeah, seen. Yeah, I haven't seen enough films. Okay, I don't watch a lot of bad I, movies, This is my dog. thing. I, I have not seen enough films to like participate in like proper film discourse. Like, if you're going to discuss like a Disney movies, I'm like, yeah, I can do that. I know my Disney movies, but the minute we get into the wider world, especially films that came out before I was born, I'm just lost. So I, I'm like one step past you, and I think it's only because I'm like three years older than you. How much older than you About am I? Five. You're super so young. So the movie aren't came you? out in 2000. Uh, 
2011 called Larry Crown. It was starring Tom Hanks, directed by Tom Hanks, produced by Tom Hanks, and written by Tom Hanks, and it got a 37% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's probably a great film, though. Just So maybe he should be an actor. <laughs> but like... You're seeing Castaway? Castaway, yeah. that's good, yeah. I'm just curious as to what his... Uh, he won two, uh, two Best Act Oscars in a row, I think, with uh, Forrest Gump and Philadelphia. Can you imagine winning two in a row? Cool. That's like a... Yeah, I mean, he's Tom Hanks. I mean, yeah, we can say that because he's done that, though. <laughs> like, before then... He produced then, Mamma he... Mia, Here We Go Again. What? Like... That just means he. So, so <laughs> I will say this again for the 400th time on the show. Producing means he put money toward it. Yeah, which is good because without his money, how else am I going to watch? He was executive Abba producer as Evan Almighty, which got a 23. percent He was in Inferno, which is a movie I have seen, which got a 23. percent Yeah, but Robert Langdon is a great character. It's true. Um, also, back to putting your money into things. If Anton Ego never put his money into La Ratatouille, I think uh, Ego. Uh, Linguini and uh, Remy die on the street. So. That's a beautiful story. Thank you. Yeah. I like Anton Ego's glow up in this out. movie. Honestly, the ending, the <laughs> ending was my favorite part for sure. Uh, oh, I think Anton Ego's glow up is so stupid. Where like all of a sudden it's like, it's like I am the evil villain and I do not like the food. I love the food. And if I do not love it, I spit it out. And then like, and oh, then, look at me. I'm Anton Ego. I'm on the beach in, in France with Jim, Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville. And then he like, re- remembers what it's like thing. to be. He remembers what food criticism is about. He does. Nah, just from this delicious I also, so a lot of people are like, man, this movie made me so hungry. I wanted to cook afterwards. I recognize like zero dishes in this film and it does not make me I have also, I don't all. think ever once been like, oh man, animated food, starving. I could see Shameless. that, you know. Have I just, did I just mute myself? No. No, no I can hear you. Oh, I just thought you, you said my name and I was like, oh, what happened? No, we I were wanted passing, you to like. Oh, we're I, I, you the I, mic. I can't. I can't think of any time. Like, I would love a a crusty crab burger. Um, yeah. like just that secret recipe. It's got to I mean, be something sure. to mean a, it. Um, I'm sorry. You called it a what? You talking a about crab a crabby patty? patty? One. I forgot the go. name. <laughs> I forgot the name, and I thought I could cover it up by just calling it the crusty crab burger. Man, I um, thought that for a second there was like British SpongeBob. <laughs> could you imagine? <laughs> oh, I wish. That instead of instead of being stupid, Patrick is just like Cockney. <laughs> Oh, I wish, I wish. Oh, man. Yeah. No, British SpongeBob, everybody... Oh, be that's be Sponge, so sp- what are we getting into tonight? <laughs> Uh, and then Spongebob's Linguini. Squidward is just and... Welsh and nobody can understand him. <laughs> no, Squidward is played by like Alan Rickman. Oh, Squidward oh, would, sure. Alan Rickman would make a great Squidward to be fair. Like, I don't think I've ever heard such a good casting call in my life, actually. <laughs> How could anyone have fun with a re-blower? <laughs> <sighs> Sometimes I don't think there's enough laughing on this show, so I do feel like we just yeah. need to like kind of get a laugh think, track yeah, put together. Yeah, I was gonna say, just get a laughing. Do you want to just do you want to just audition for one right now? Okay. Yeah. So like, why don't we just all laugh at the same time and then we'll do individual laughs? Yeah, okay. So I, I don't know, Ethan, tell a good joke and then we'll all laugh. That's a lot of pressure. <laughs> 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 all right, Tony, no, you tell a good joke. Uh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah, uh, Seamus, this is your laugh audition, Seamus, okay? Seamus, how do you make a tissue dance? I don't know. How do you make a tissue dance? You put a little boogie in it. <laughs> hey, guys, you know what's funnier than 23? 24. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. The owner of the white sedan, (laughs) you left your lights on.
I do. So I, I appreciate that. We'll have to use that laughter oh, moving shoot. forward. I've anytime one math. of us, it's time for me to do maths. Any anytime, anytime someone says a joke that just gets no reception, no response, <laughs> right. just like a over the top laughing track, just like. <laughs> That's our new Fortnite. Anytime somebody swears, there's there's like a 30-second laugh track. <laughs> oh. oh, my God. I am crying. I am crying. I'm sorry for making uh, you cry. All right, it's time to wrap up, and I got to do some math. Okay, 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 okay. Um, wrap up. What do you want in that rap? Ha. That's where you put the laugh track, because that was like a flat joke. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, Seamus, what was your score again? I think I gave it 88. And then Metacritic was a 96, so was Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, Ethan's working on the listener score. Ethan, what was yours? 75? 71. 71. 71. And then what was mine? 92? I think so. All right, I just need one score, and then we'll have the, the bacon in the next Ethan, card. can I ask you a question? Yeah, what's up? Do you have any films that you would give an 100 to? No, he wouldn't. Um, and if so, which ones? This is my, like... Potentially. What, we if, haven't, so we haven't been doing this for long enough. Yeah, of course, but, it, like, just out of curiosity, if there was... I'm assuming you've probably already done the film that you would give 100 to, because if you haven't done... Your no, favorite film, at, then like let me look at our why top have you scores. been doing this for three years without covering your favorite film uh ethan top film from year one dead poet society score out of 100 that is definitely one that i would consider it for for sure okay top film from year two remember the titans no no nah, it's like an 89 uh top film from year three whiplash i would give whiplash a solid like 97 okay I'm going to go to uh, what then I think is the highest Ethan score from each year. Because, like, I don't think you would do, like, Endgame or The Force Awakens. No, he isn't no. a big blockbuster uh, guy. No, so... Not, uh, not at 100%. I, yeah, exactly. That's what but, I mean. So looking at year one is tough. The, the Like, there are not a ton of arty films. Like, Jaws, I don't think he would do at 100. Um, Jaws is high. Holy Grail, I don't think he would give a 100. No. Nor Raiders of the Lost Ark. Baby Driver is... No, not 100. 13 that on has, this list, probably. That has direct flaws. That's mad. But I guess it is. It does star, uh, you know who. I mean, that was. So. That was a. It's got Jamie Foxx. It does. It's got Jamie it does. Fox, that, so that, got. That's kind of like the Jamie Foxx I picture when I think of Jamie Foxx. Kind of like this, like cool guy. He's so and, cool. Yeah, exactly. That's what I like. I just he's typecast in my head as this cool guy. Tim pay, playing this like dreamer that's kind of like failed up until this point in life. Is what is that to movie? Me, like, Soloist. Yeah. Is yeah. So that's that. That was what I was trying to say before. Okay, so yeah. year two next highest. Yeah, the soloist. I think Robert Downey Jr. Jamie Foxx. Go watch that movie, what and film? you'll understand where the I'm soloist. coming from with the soloist. Oh, yeah. okay. I did not love the soloist. Lowest, believe it or not. It's um, not whether you love it or, or not. It, it is it is Jamie Foxx playing a character that is uh deeply in love with music. And it has yeah. soul in the title. That's true. Uh the prestige, Ethan. Oh, that that is a solid like 97 for me. Yeah, that's 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 high. That's probably yeah, the highest same. film for me that isn't a blockbuster. Oh, that's an interesting take. Because I'm not like that into like I I do like a good artsy film, but like no, my favorite I, films would still be like Toy Stories and uh like the Empire Strikes Back, Infinity War kind of film. I, th I, th I mean, I think that's perfectly reasonable. And I think Prestige is a great film for exactly like your brand of into movies yeah. to be like your favorite non-blockbuster. Yeah. So I'm totally with There it. has to be a certain amount of like, um, if I had to, if I had to pick a blockbuster to give it to, it'd be Jurassic Park. Fair enough, fair enough. For sure. I just because there's a certain level of, I can watch Jurassic Park no matter what. I've never mm. gotten bored with it ever that that that's kind of me with uh but like also for me the, a big factor is like my cinema experience with it and that's why like infinity war just hits so high hits so many notes and same with the force yeah. awakens for me as well that cinema experience just like hit all the right notes um i find uh force awakens I, I is pretty freaking high i visit a new hope a lot 
Mm. Um, so I and that's that did I, not I have see, a similar and I never had the yeah exactly the, the, and that shows how same with Jaws so New Hope back, and Jaws Empire are right Strikes there for me. could be in a hundred for me if I if I was born fifty years earlier and saw it in cinemas at the right age. But Ethan, year three, there's a bunch of really good stuff here at the top. I want to know rapid fire. Can you give me two seconds anything. so I can finish his math? Yeah, yeah sorry. I can. Do you want me to give uh, my guesses for his predictions while he's doing it? Uh, sure. Social network. Uh, Ethan's going to get that a 94. Parasite. I haven't seen it, but I'm going to guess like a 98. I really want to see it, but I don't have Amazon Prime. so. Holy crap. Pay for it. But I don't want to give money to Thingamabob, but I also want to give money to the guy who made it. I don't use Amazon Prime. This Buy is like the a, uh, Criterion Collection. But Buy the, they just came out with the Criterion Collection. It includes the black, black and white version. Of oh, Parasite. I couldn't watch Parasite. the black and white version. I might, yeah, I, I might, I might right try up. and seek out a DVD of it um, when it's safe to go out to a shop again. Okay. Uh, I have a score for for Ratatouille. So you have the. Uh, By the way. Oh, we can go. We can score. go for your thing then. Which film you've given a hundred to? Okay, so Ethan, year three. There's a bunch of really good ones at the top. Okay. Would you give a hundred to Social Network? Um, I don't know. I might. I might. I would only yeah. have that. I would only have that about eight years. No, I would. That's it. That's it. That's it. Ninety-eight, it ninety-nine for sure. You think I should watch it again? Yeah. It, it is infinitely rewatchable. Yeah. Is it okay? I, yeah. I will. I've only seen it once, um, but. I'll tell you. I, I will tell you straight up. Uh, uh, it's a Wonderful Life is a hundred. It's a Wonderful it's a Life. Wonderful, the Christmas movie. The Christmas movie. Yeah. Huh. Better than Klaus. The greatest Christmas movie of all yeah. time. I mean, I like it more. Yeah. <laughs> Klaus is amazing. It's, Klaus is it's up the here. The best Christmas movie of all time. Klaus is yeah. Klaus is extremely high yeah. as well. Uh, Knives Out, Ford vs Ferrari, Klaus, Hidden Figures, Little Women, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. God, it was a lot of good movies. I know. If you look at year one versus year three, it's so bonkers. It's funny that you saved them for year three as well. But I guess you were doing the blockbusters in year well, one. Well, yeah, we spent half of... Marvel, like, we got 52 Harry weeks Potter, in year one, and half yeah. of that was Marvel. Yeah. Marvel, Harry yeah. Potter, Star Wars. I'm pretty sure that was your year one, wasn't it? We yeah, didn't do Harry I mean, Potter in year one. Didn't you? Yeah, we did. I, did we? Yeah, okay. I think yeah. we did. It was a very, yeah, but we did. Yeah, okay, so eight, eight Harry Potter movies plus one Fantastic Beast plus 11 Star Wars movies plus all of Marvel. That was year one. Well, there weren't 11 Star yeah. Wars movies back then. But okay, there were... About nine. Ten. No, because we covered Solo, like, as it came out. Oh, I see, I see. Okay, but wasn't yeah. Solo the ninth Star Wars? No, it was the tenth, you're right, yeah. Yeah, because we did Last Jedi, that was the first Star Wars movie we did, and Tyler actually wasn't there for that. Yeah, and Ben changed his opinion since then. He did, yeah. You guys never, you guys mentioned that in every podcast. I thought I'd give that Easter egg. Yeah, that's a, that's a good little, uh, little good Easter little egg nod. for you. So, Ethan, uh, talk to me about Ratatouille. We got a 78 from the listeners. I, there were some low listeners scores. Now we did get the oh, wait, most. So can you explain this to me? What's this listener's score? Okay, so we are we've taken um, scores from our audience, both in our Facebook group and on okay. Discord, mm. and asked them to rate the show, uh, the movie, out of hundred, just like we did. Mm. And then I take an average of all of those scores. Mm. And then they get, and then the the bacon and egg score. And I'll run it down again for new listeners and for you, Seamus, is 25% my score out of 100, 25% Ethan's score out of 100, 15% Rotten Tomatoes critic score, because that is the critic score we must identify with, hmm. 5% Metacritic, 25% bacon and eggs listener score so the number that ethan just calculated yeah. the 78 and then five percent goes to either the rotten tomatoes audience or the guest that we have on. oh so, so i gave you it five percent nice. so you get well you gave it 88 yeah, with, yeah so yeah that that five percent gets factored in. I, I, and then we punch all of that into a formula and that gives us uh an overall score in this case astonishingly 83.85 which rounds up to an 84 and beats stranger than fiction that's, that's nice. so wild that's nice i think that's a good score 84 that seems that seems reasonable i um, can live with that um i it does not come close to Fellowship of the Ring, which is the next movie. Oh, uh, yeah. So this had the most hundreds by far. The Fellowship of the Ring. No, this did. 
like oh. from our audience, this had the most hundred percent. It also had the most under fifties. I oh really? Yeah. People just didn't like it. Yeah. That surprises me. A lot of people don't like rats, Seamus. The rat thing is a pretty big barrier for some people. I can see that. I can see that. Um, but then especially I, rats but touching like, food. I imagine if you didn't like rats, you just wouldn't watch the yeah. film. So it's especially rats like... touching food <laughs> in uh. Well, so that's the thing is like. So are you rating people... it without watching it then? No, they are watching it because a lot of these people will watch anything that Pixar or Disney puts out see, and then decide later. Fair enough. Fair enough. Just like I do with you know directors that I. Your, your whole one to a hundred thing i the way i did it in my head was because i actually rank films one to ten but i do decimal points so they're kind of the same because i'm ranking it kind of out of a hundred yeah. i'm just putting a decimal point and i'm dividing it by ten uh 88 sounded right I've, I've, also i've uh, been using i've been encouraging the listeners to use the whole hundred points yeah instead of like you know cutting it off at the low end at, at like well if, if it's if it's a 60 it might as well be a zero i've, like, I've been giving well i because i've only been reviewing like disney sequels i haven't given like anything remotely near like an eight recently so it felt nice to give a film such a high score. The highest thing I've given is a 7.5 and then a 6. For what? What what made a 7.5? Cinderella 3, A Twist in Time. And is it really good? I think it's really good, yeah. And then the next best is like a 6 with, uh, what's it called? Uh, Lion King 1 and a half. But maybe one of the Tinkerbell movies might break a 6, but I'm not going to say any more than that. It's a video coming out. So um, so, so where do the Aladdin sequels come in? Cause, they were cause in I, the fives. Those were Okay, because they were a big part of, of my youth, so I wasn't yeah, sure. They, they, they were in the fives. They were the, the, some of the better Disney sequels, but um, Cinderella 3, in my opinion... I think it was better than the original. Like, uh, I really anyway, think it held up. This has been bacon and eggs and Seamus. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, we we've got music by Andrew Scott Bell and mu- and graphics by Vaishan Brandon. Graphite.vmb on Instagram. And uh, Seamus, do you have any final thoughts? Uh, thank you for having me. Um, good film. I enjoyed it. I'm glad I watched it today when my computer was restarting, updating. So it gave me like an hour and a half to kill and I watched it and I feel like it was a good use of my day. Fair. Thanks for watching it and thanks for joining us. And I hope you're not like, these guys are kind of jerks These guys are kind of jerks to me today. <laughs> so uh, please continue to come back and talk Pixar with us. Or like want, if you're I like, I want to guys. be on every Pixar episode. I, I, it's, <laughs> I, I can't believe I've done nine. Wait, have yeah, I only that... done Pixar? Have I done anything other than Pixar? Yes. You did Potter. No, I you didn't, didn't do Potter. Potter. You did Star Wars. Star Wars. I did Revenge of the Sith. That was my first yes. appearance. But other than that, I've only done... Uh... You've been on 10 times. Yeah, wow. I can't believe that. But it's because we did three and one. That 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 whole Toy Story stuff just like blended into one. It's true, yeah. yeah. You, we could have you on for a Mandalorian. A Mandalorian. Yeah, I, I would be... I think the next episode is going to be the best one ever. So um, I don't know how many spoilers you want to say, but like... Never mind. I yeah. don't want to have you on for a Mandalorian. I think the next episode is going to be amazing as well i'm very it, excited because of the for... tease we were left on with the last i do yeah. think that there's going to be a buffer between you think uh what was teased yeah, I think and what we see it. i think there'll be i think the next episode is going to be a filler yeah i think that yeah. that will show up at the very end oh i know i think i because i think they're too episodical to do that i think they will it may be but i think i think it's more likely next episode is going to be kind of finding thingy with bob that's what i'm saying i think i think that person will show up at the very end of the episode but also that character is my favorite character in all of star wars just yeah i don't want to have you on full on <laughs> so, mind. so just the idea of seeing that character character in live action is just the most exciting thing to me like i just i love oh, i can't say her name because i don't want to spoil it but <laughs> <laughs> nobody knows who it could anyway, be uh, <laughs> I mean, the him across the pond has been seamus gorman until next week arrivederci anton ego Hello, my name is Mary Clay. If that's too complicated for you, just call me MC. And on That's What I'm Talking About, I'm experiencing Lord of the Rings for the very first time. I finished the books, and now it's on to the movies. Listen each week as I lament their terrible representation of the woman population. This is one of the only times in the entire film franchise where two female (gasps) characters 
communicate with so each other. Names, but they don't really speak here because the little girl says, where is mama? And Eowyn says, shh. Wow, I can't believe it. Two Towers is actually a sensational feminist <laughs> female empowerment movie. <gasps> we did it, y'all. Eowyn deserved better. That's what I'm talking about. New episodes every Tuesday, wherever you get podcasts.